This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, guys? Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the good folks over at Denver Rubber Company. They've been tried and true since 1972, and they're your most reliable local partner for all of your long-term rubber projects. Whether it's custom die-cut gaskets or molded rubber or custom hoses, they can take care of it all. And if you have any needs for your snow plows that involve rubber, Denver Rubber Company is the place to go. So call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. Let's jump into the show. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure you use that code DNVR20 when you get hooked up with your Strava Craft Coffee. It's rich, it's tasty, it's CBD infused. Make sure you check it out. Well, Mace and Andre are on their way to Mobile, Alabama right now for a week down at the Senior Bowl. And if you didn't catch the programming note at the end of last week's show, the two of them will be handling the podcast on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Then it'll be Zach and I again on Friday. And then, of course, we'll be back to normal again next week. But for today, it's me and Zach. Zach, how are you doing? How's your weekend? Oh, it was fantastic. But, Ryan, it's happened. It's happened. You were right. You said you you had 48 hours to get all the jokes out of the way. And uh, now I guess the jokes just have to center around the Chiefs not winning a Super Bowl. And we just got to cross our fingers on that uh, because I still – I'll say this. I was pretty steadfast about the fact that this is the Chiefs are just going to win the Super Bowl. It's over. Just forget about it. Yep. Coming back? The way that the 49ers played last night made me feel a lot better about the chances of them winning. I mean – the two Ryan Tannehills were knocked out of the playoffs this past weekend, and he looked like a Ryan Tannehill. You know, if you're going to be on my side on this in terms of the they can beat the Chiefs, <laughs> you're going to have to accept the fact that it was the 49ers front four that made it pretty much impossible for Aaron Rodgers to do anything. Um, it is absurd that Nick Bosa is a rookie. Yeah. Like, he looks yeah. like J.J. Watt in his prime. He does. Just unblockable, ferocious. His tracking speed when the quarterback gets out of the pot. I mean, everything. Like, it's pretty rare. I don't I don't think it's even been talked about enough. I don't even know why. I feel like there's a chance he's the biggest star on that team. Yep. I don't think it's been talked about that. Like, it's not – this doesn't happen like this, where a guy just comes in as a rookie and is instantly a game wrecker 
and is just a star. Like I feel like people are forgetting that he's a rookie. I don't know what's happening because it is so weird to me. He's the he's the biggest star on that team. Yeah, the team that went 13 and 3, had a dominant defense for most of the season and is now going to the Super Bowl. And what was he the number 3 overall pick? Was he 2? 2. Yep. He was the second overall pick. So there's no better person to connect him to than Von Miller, right? The number two overall pick, a pass rusher. Von Miller, after his rookie year, everyone was feeling really good about him. What, weren't they in Denver? Oh, Felt yeah. like a good pick. And Joey Bosa's... Nick Bosa. Or, yes, yes. Nick Bosa is kind of blowing Von's rookie season out of the water right now. Yeah, I don't know if this is to be true or whether it's right or wrong. Maybe it has to do with the fact that he's kind of controversial off mm-hmm. the field. Mm-hmm. And not because not like Chiefs controversial off the field, but just his opinions and you know political leanings, especially those being out in San Francisco. Right. I, I just wonder if that maybe plays a role, and he's not being quite as propped up um, by the media and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I'm not sure, but I'm telling you, like people want to talk about Jimmy G as like a star. He threw eight passes. Right. <laughs> And two of them were just like, oh, let's get a first down so we can run the ball more and keep like they didn't. He only needed to throw six. And they were 77 yards. Is that right? Yes. That's that's insane. Three playoff games in this year's playoffs, the year 2020, the year of our Lord. (laughs) Three playoff games were won with less than 100 yards passing. That is wild. What is this bizarro world that we live in in which? Everything goes passing. Everyone's passing. All that matters is passing. And then we get to the playoffs and the whole thing is just flipped (laughs) on its head. It makes you rethink everything. Initially, you know, you have to get the quarterback no matter what. I still believe in that. But then you see what the Titans did throughout the playoffs, beating that guy, that quarterback, the Heisman winner, the MVP winner in Lamar Jackson by throwing for less than 100 yards in back-to-back games. Then you see the 49ers just absolutely pound the ball on the ground, beating Aaron Rodgers. And now in the Super Bowl, it's not like we can point to, ah, look, this is what the Broncos need in order to get here. We can point and say they just need to, to do whatever they want to do and do it great because it doesn't matter. The Chiefs, a fantastic offense. Their defense has been beastly the past couple months as well, so that doesn't hurt. But then the 49ers, uh, they have Mostert. Did I even get that right? Yep. <laughs> Running the ball, and they just have an extremely dominant defense. So just be good at whatever you want to be good at, and you can get there. There is a common thread, though, for these teams, and that is a genius calling the place. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Pat Shermer is a genius. I think that – I don't know if we would, we'll ever know. if we, ha- we haven't had a chance to find out yet because he's never had a good quarterback. Right. All he's ever been able to do is take bad quarterbacks and make them good. Right. He's never had – like, maybe if you gave Pat Shermer, Patrick Mahomes, he would look like a genius too. Mm-hmm. And I think for Shermer, while, you know, um, you certainly stirred up some controversy – um, mentioning the fact that he, maybe he wouldn't like Drew Locke. I think that one of the main reasons he wanted to come to Denver is because he looked at Drew Locke and was like, I can do Patrick Mahomes stuff now. Yeah. That guy allows me to do these sort of, you know, uh, exotic play calls and um, long developing plays and, and that sort of thing that you can rely on his arm talent. So 
That's my opinion. And and I don't think it was your opinion that he won't like Drew Locke, right. although that somehow gets construed that way. As I actually mentioned on last podcast before all that happened, um, I think that he's looking at Drew Locke as like, oh my God, finally I have a toy. It's very easy to say that Drew Locke's the most talented quarterback he's ever had already. Yeah, I mean, he had Michael Vick okay. but for six games after jail. You know, uh, it's not the same. That sentence is just so wild. Right. He had number one overall pick, Sam Bradford, but I don't think Sam Bradford was as gifted as Drew Locke. Right. At least physically gifted. Yeah. No. So, yeah, it's not crazy to think that this is going to be the best opportunity he's ever had to put together a an offense. So, speaking of those geniuses and those play callers and the Broncos hope that Pat Shermer is that guy, It now we have to ask the question, Ryan, is it? A hundred percent clear now that John Elway made the wrong decision, and two, year, three years ago, almost three years ago, should have hired Kyle Shanahan. Yes, um, but it's not as cut and clear as everyone wants it to be. It's not as easy as saying you hired Kyle Shanahan, you would have been in the Super Bowl this year. Yep. Uh, you, and and I think there's a, it's just 2020. That's the problem, but. There's two sides of this, and both of them are going too far one way or the other. You've got the people who are saying, if you would have just hired Kyle Shanahan, you'd now be the one in the Super Bowl. You've also got the people who are saying, it never would have worked with Kyle Shanahan in Denver because John Elway wouldn't have given him the power he needed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The truth is, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Because Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch had a plan that they were both on the same page of and the owner was on the same page and the owner was on the same page because of that that's why they're in the Super Bowl this year but I I don't think it's as easy as saying well John Elway wouldn't have you know worked as seamlessly with Kyle Shanahan so this never would have worked and Kyle Shanahan would have just flamed out I don't think that's to be the truth either now you might be able to say that because John Elway and, and Kyle Shanahan might not have been on the exact vision, that after Kyle Shanahan had a worse record than Vance Joseph after his first two years in the league, he might have been fired. Yep. The reason that this worked in San Francisco is because everyone saw the plan, and they all knew it was going to take a little while, and they all said, if we commit to this and, and just put our heads down and go through the darkness, we'll find the light. And because of that, that's why they're here today. But I really do not think it's crazy to say that it might have failed under John Elway because Kyle Shanahan saying, like, here, here's what we got to do. This is the plan. And, and just follow me on this. And John's like, no, 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 no. We got to win now. We got to go to that. We got to cut this corner and that corner. And then you end up, what do you have, nine wins over the last two years? Yep. Uh, uh, 11. He had 11 wins. 10, 10, and Vance had 11. Right. That's how you get fired. You, yep. you know, when you don't see the same path and when the and when the GM's trying to win games and you're saying it's going to take a little bit, well, that's how you end up fired after two seasons. What makes you believe, and maybe you don't believe, but what would make someone believe that John Elway would have stuck with Kyle Shanahan going 11-21 and 21 over his first two seasons, or 10-22 and 22 over his first two seasons when he didn't stick with Vance Joseph because it may have been even easier for John Elway or any general manager to fire him because you say, shoot, we tried to hit the home run with the young guy in Kyle Shanahan, and clearly 
It's not working out. He's not connecting with these veterans. Look, we had to trade Aqib Talib away just for a fifth-round pick because, you know, he wasn't able to get along with him. And maybe they wouldn't have traded Aqib for that. But you, you look at that with Vance Joseph, and, and then maybe you turn around and you say, maybe they should have gone with Vance Joseph. You know, he had a little more experience. He was this up-and-coming defensive guy. Uh, so I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, should now, right now, taking a step back, should the Broncos hired, have hired Kyle Shanahan? Yes. But, Ryan, we we talked about this um, when that coaching search was going on, and you had so many fans saying, oh, I want Kyle Shanahan to be the Broncos coach. And what you and I said was it's hard to really even think about that and say that they should do that because it was Vance the whole time. It was Vance the whole time, and we can't ignore the politics between the people in power at Dove Valley and the Shanahan family. You know, it's easy to forget because Mike was at practice this year on Vic Fangio's invite. Right. Don't forget that. Yeah. So there was those politics at play. It always felt like to me that they were giving Kyle Shanahan a courtesy interview just because of that's what the fans wanted. Then but, what was Dave Tobe? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. But – it is really a bad look when all the fans want one thing. You go a different direction, and you don't end up just being wrong. You end up making the worst hire in the history of the Broncos and the other guys in the Super Bowl three years later. And That's another guy who you passed up on was in the Super Bowl last, last year. year. Yeah, like, and, and no one even knew who Sean McVay was at that moment, mm -hmm. but everyone knew who Kyle Shanahan was. And Broncos fans were begging for him. And not only did you get it wrong, you got it colossally wrong. And now he's in the Super Bowl. So I understand the frustration. I don't think it's as simple as it would have worked. I do think he probably would have won more games as head coach of the Broncos in his first year, two years. But I went back and looked at the sourced reporting from after the coaching search. And, and the reason was the Bron that, that, John Elway felt like Kyle Shanahan was going to take a little bit longer and he thought they had a roster that was wet, ready to win now. Mm. Those two words that have been crushing the Broncos for years now. Win now. And that was what it was. That's what it came down to. It was and and that's and it was right. He was yep. right in the sense that it was going to take Kyle Shanahan a little longer. Yep. The problem that he didn't see was that his roster was on that same course. And that Vance Joseph wasn't able to make up for that roster being the way it was. Right. The, it said something about the, the other three words that have that just leader of men yeah. was in that. And it was they need this. This roster just needs a leader of men. It was like it was like getting, you know, a Case Keenum instead of Josh Allen. It's the yeah. exact same move. Yep. Except for the fact that. Case Keenum is probably a better quarterback than Vance Joseph is a coach. <laughs> but that was it's the same thing. Oh, well, that's going to take a little while. We need to go right now, so let's get this guy. The most damning thing about not hiring Kyle Shanahan to me is whether it's right now, whether you go back and look at those reports right after, was the reports was that Kyle Shanahan blew the interview out of the water. He absolutely blew John Elway and his coaching committee out of the water, killed the interview. But like we said, their mind was made up. They were going Vance Joseph. 
no matter, pretty much no matter what it seemed. And those reports only back that up. If you're going to do a coaching search, listen to, to what you see. And I'm sure Vance did fine in the interviews, but I don't remember reports saying Vance blew it out of the water and Kyle Shanahan blew it out of the water. It was, yeah, obviously Vance did good enough to get this job. That's probably just the most damning thing to me was if you're going to interview someone, give them a chance. And if they blow that opportunity out of the water, then be open-minded to it. There's a lot about it that's damning. To me, the most damning thing is the fact that the fans were right and the person who gets paid millions of dollars to make this decision is wrong. Um, what is also really damning to me is that this is what John Elway wants. He, uh, everything he, he wants. watched that game last night and was like, that's my dream. <laughs> just you, it doesn't even matter who the running back is. You just hand it off to him. He turns out 200 yards and four touchdowns, and the quarterback didn't even have to break a sweat out there. And I, I don't under I don't know what it was, and maybe it does come down to that they just weren't going to hire a Shanahan. But it just seems so obvious to me, and that's probably why Kyle Shanahan blew the interview out of the water because John always like this is exactly what I want. Right. I want, a, you know, the West Coast offense. I want it to be exactly what I did, and, and I know that can work. Here's the other thing, Zach. Do not do you not think John Elway watched that game last night and thought, like, man, did I move on from Rich Gangarello too soon? Yep, that was a question that I was thinking about, and I wanted to ask you, coming over here, yeah, maybe. How could he not? Because, and, and that was actually going to be my question for you, was – is Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers almost showing you that maybe you don't need all of those elite players on that offense in order to have this offense go? Yeah, I mean, what they showed is that elite offensive line, elite tight end is all you need. Right, right, which is a lot. Uh, you got to have a, lot a to have. good quarterback, mm -hmm. not a great one, and... And like you said earlier, you got to have the play caller. Exactly. Solid weapons and the play caller. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the thing about – and, again, it's confusing as to what John Elway was seeing because, look, Kyle Shanahan, yes, he looks like a genius now, and everyone is saying this. We're th this is his third year as the play caller. It's not as if they had an explosive offense the last two years and the defense wasn't just, just wasn't getting it done. No, their offense was garbage for the last two years, except for the six games with Jimmy G at the end of that season. But their offense was bad, and then in year three it popped. So wouldn't you, if even if you were John Elway and you were saying Rich Gangrello is the next Kyle Shanahan, wouldn't you have known in your mind, okay, but it's still going to take three years? Especially Rich Gangarello knows it. He told us at the nearly at the end of the season, yeah, this was going to take a long time. And I don't think that was him trying to save his job. I think at that point, he felt pretty comfortable he was going to keep his job. We talked about it last year, how especially, I mean, everything that comes with this offense, it's going to take a long time. So we talked about it. Rich Scangarello talked about it. John Elway, who played in this offense, obviously he knew that, right? He knew it was going to take time. And if this is what he wanted... And uh, he looked at Kyle Shanahan, and maybe before the season said, shoot, maybe I should have gone with Kyle Shanahan. Just realized that it's a process, and this win now keeps hurting the Broncos. Is this another move that is going to hurt the Broncos? I don't know, and I don't think 
I'm not going to all of a sudden change my mind and say that it was a bad move to, to uh, hire Pat Shermer, but consider this. Maybe as we speak, unless it already happened, I think it's happening today, Rich Gangarello is interviewing for the Browns' offensive coordinator job. The offensive coordinator job. The offensive coordinator job. <laughs> now, would you be shocked if maybe it's not next year, but the year after that, that Rich Gangarello looks like a genius and – Baker Mayfield is humming on that offense and the Browns are really good. And maybe they're making a Super Bowl run. And now Rich Gangarello is the hot young coach candidate. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I wouldn't either. So again, my point was not John Elway did make the wrong decision. My point is I'm not, I, I'm not convinced that he didn't watch that game last night and just have some second thoughts. There's some average quarterback out there that said a statement r-e-l-a-x maybe that's what john elway needs to do in terms of patience relax when you want to make that move at the end of a season because maybe they go eight and eight this year and it was a little step in the right direction just just calm down calm down take a step back go to cabo or something instead of pulling the trigger uh maybe vic fangio needs a little bit that too uh maybe john needs to not put as much pressure on vic because Ryan, when you when you pointed to it earlier, when you take a step back and look at everything John Elway said the last few years, what Kyle Shanahan is doing in San Francisco is exactly what John Elway wants. He wants this offense, which did we know. He only did he realize that this off season? I, like I just don't understand how Kyle Shanahan got away when that was. It just had to be the politics, because if that's I mean. Don't forget that one year later, John Elway wanted to hire Mike Shanahan. Right. So at so that I, point, he definitely realized that he was wrong. So the politics wouldn't be with John then, right? No. Yeah. It would be higher up, and the higher up is only one person. Yep. <laughs> and I think this is a, a tough thing for fans that, like, they're, it's it sounds bad when we say it, and it's just, oh, politics. But, like, these people are humans. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just like robots who are just programmed to make the best football decision. Human emotion plays a huge role in everything in lives. And if there's issues there and, you know, uh, someone doesn't want someone else hanging around all the time, it it's understandable. And I don't think at that time they thought, okay, Kyle Shanahan's going to be in the Super Bowl in three years and this other guy's going to suck. It was more like, oh, this is close. Right. I'd rather go with the guy who I, you know, that there isn't this awkwardness. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, man, we talk about to beat the Chiefs. And, of course, that's the other team in the Super Bowl. To beat the Chiefs, it'd be great to find your next Patrick Mahomes, right? Find your own Patrick Mahomes. Find your own Andy Reid. Well, looks like Kyle Shanahan would have fit the Andy Reid part, at least – in a way where you are, you feel like you got the guy. Pat Shermer, hey, maybe he is, but I'm nowhere close to saying that he's anywhere close to that. And maybe you have that on the defensive side and Vic Fangio. But boy, if you had Kyle Shanahan, you'd be saying, okay, we at least got half of the puzzle right on offense. It's, what's funny here is that if you stripped the logos off of the teams playing in the Super Bowl, as a Broncos fan you would probably be wanting the Chiefs to win because 
you just got rid of that offense (laughs) to get more like that offense. So, obviously, no Broncos fan is going to be rooting for the Chiefs, and I completely understand that, and neither will I. (laughs) But I'm just saying, if Raheem Mostert runs for 165 and two touchdowns, Jimmy Garoppolo goes 14 of 16 for 180 and two touchdowns, and they possess the heck out of the ball and beat the Chiefs, it's not going to feel great that you just moved on from that as a potential option in your future to be more like the, you know, gadgety, young, spread offense. The day after the Super Bowl news breaks, Broncos have made <laughs> have brought Rich Gangarello back as offensive coordinator. Might be too late. He <laughs> yeah. might already be in a place with much better weapons. Oh, man. If the Browns hire him. He has a good chance of succeeding. Really good chance. Oh, boy. In fact... And already got the first-year cobwebs out of the way. If he gets that job, he'll actually be happy that he got fired. Will it be good? Will will those weapons be good for him in that offense? Heck, yeah. Yeah. Weapons are always good in any offense. God, and they they have a running game. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, of an interesting fit to try and get Baker Mayfield to go under center all the time. I'll say that. It's not that I don't think he can do it. I just don't know if it's the best use of his abilities. But if he only has to throw six passes to win football <laughs> games, then it's not going to matter. Oh, boy. And, I mean, look, we said great wide receivers, great offensive line, great tight end, great quarterback, great running back. They've got a lot of those boxes <laughs> yep. checked. Yep, already. I don't know about the offensive line. Need I think some that's help. Yep. a big problem as to why they didn't have as much success as they wanted this year. But they've got two elite receivers, a very good tight end in Njoku, um, an elite running back, yep. and, and a very good quarterback. Yeah, a at quarterback the least. who has a very high ceiling, yep. who, an, an elite ceiling. Yep. Way better than Jimmy G. Yeah, and I assume Scangarello just come, would come in and say, like, hey, man, give me an offensive line. Although he he will be um, almost like a junior offensive coordinator because right. they hired an offensive coordinator. Right. Maybe but, maybe he would pick up the phone to Elway and be like, hey, we really like that Juwan James guy. Can we trade for him? Yes, please. <laughs> you want Bulls too? <laughs> <laughs> something tells me that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> they probably won't want Flacco over there either. No, probably not. <laughs> um, so just quickly, you don't have to make a pick right now, but how do you feel about the 49ers' chances of beating the Chiefs? I got to say I'm shocked that the Chiefs are one-point favorites. I thought I thought they would know. I think I thought it would be like three and a half already. Oh, I, oh, I thought oh, the Chiefs were going to be way more heavily favored because we've seen this. I just look at the Broncos in the past 10 years and, and what's happened. The offensive team and the two Super Bowls they've been to, big-time favorites. But then what happens? The defensive team has has won those games. With the Broncos, when they had Peyton Manning, and, and the high-flying offense, they lost. When they had the great defense going up against the the number one offense in football, the what one loss Panthers MVP Cam Newton, well the Broncos defense won. So right now, that's how I'm feeling. I'm I'm not just hopeful. I'm feeling the 49ers. Love it, love it. To me, it just comes down to can that four man pass rush not just get pressure? Because you used to say if you're playing Tom Brady, 
you got to get four-man pressure. Right. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> pressure is not nearly good enough against Patrick Mahomes. Can they get sacks? Period. Lots of them. I mean, I'm talking five or more sacks. That's that's if they get five or more, they win. And can they? Can they? I believe yes. Yeah. Will they is going to be the answer of who right. wins the game. I like that. I like that number. And and because I believe this is something we haven't talked about much, but I believe sacks can be very overrated. But not in this game. Not against Patrick I, I think Mahomes. You're 100 percent right because here's the thing: you can get pressure on him, and he can either run for a 27 yard touchdown. Uh, he can scramble around left and right uh, in order to then throw the ball four yards. But that's better than the sack. Or he can run 20 yards backward and throw it 60 yards downfield. Yep. You got to get him down. You can hurt yourself by getting pressure without sacks. Yep. Because you can't cover Tyree Kill for as long as he can scramble around back there. They had two killer third down plays yesterday. The Chiefs did near the end of the game where once it was more than two and a half seconds of Mahomes still holding the ball, I didn't, I couldn't see who was downfield, but I knew it was going to be a first down. It is crazy. Yeah. I mean, and credit to that offensive line um, because they gave him some really good protection back there. That run was just terrible defense in my opinion yeah uh, Mahomes is going to get all the credit for it but what uh, there's actually I mean, playing on the two screen missed right now tackles three, three four, four five five, <laughs> five missed tackles on a quarterback yeah. yep oh and Tremaine Brock yeah Tremaine Brock aye, aye, aye. I mean I, I guess you could say like he did jar the ball a little bit if he gets it out it's a great play yeah but I don't know and I also think that the f- second missed tackle there on the sideline a little bit has to do with the fact that people are afraid to hit guys, especially a star quarterback, near the boundary. Yeah. So he hesitated a little bit, and then he was done. Yeah, so Joey Bosa – or I'm going to say that so many times in the next two weeks. Nick Bosa can't be afraid, and I don't think he will be. So I think they have a chance. Um, it's not great for their chances that Derrick Henry was completely stymied yesterday. Um, because I think to win, they're going to have to run the heck out of the ball. I, I – in no world do I trust Jimmy G in a throwing contest with Patrick Mahomes. No. They're going to have to run the ball. It doesn't have to be as successfully as it was yesterday, but really well. And Derrick Henry, I, I honestly felt like the Titans didn't use him enough. Well, I agree. Um, and not, I'm talking about early, not mm-hmm. late. I, I realized late you got to throw it. I, like they kept getting in like third and four and pulling him off. And I'm like, no. Third and four, you run it two more times with Derrick Henry. Yep, and I think I think it was maybe even the second quarter, uh, there was a third and two, and Titans still very much in the game at this point. They threw the ball. They went for it on fourth and two. They threw the ball again. Derrick Henry wasn't in the game either of those plays. I thought it was bizarre. Very bizarre. Uh, like I said, as soon as I'm on schedule, my strategy, especially if I'm on the other side of the 50, as soon as I'm on schedule, my strategy is run the ball until they stop. They're like, yep. If it's second and six, cool. We have three tries to get six yards with Derrick Henry. Yep. See, you're adaptable, Ryan, because you're not saying it's the same game plan as the Broncos, where if you're on the other 50, throw it up to Cortland Sutton. Yes. You got to be adaptable. Right. Like, that's, (laughs) yeah. I think next year is going to be the year of fourth down attempts. 
I think that uh, people are really going to start realizing. And, and a perfect example would be the Packers. First drive of the game. Yep. Fourth and one, right at the 50. It's fourth and one. You got to go for it. And it's easy at that point to say, oh, it's early. Just punt it. That, was, that, that could have changed the entire game if they go down and score on that drive. Yep. They didn't score until what? Hours later? Yep. And how, how good are you feeling about a, a fourth and one? You how, should feel I should say, great. how bad are you feeling if you are the 49ers? You probably don't feel great about it. You want them it. to punt. Exactly. Comes yep. back to our the yep. whole, do what the other team doesn't want you to do. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, uh, so I think next year it all changes. I love that. Uh, and I think if a team's up by seven with two minutes and 45 seconds left and they have the ball on their 40 fourth and one, I think teams are going to start going for that too. Yep. I'd love to see it. And – it doesn't seem like it initially, but the Broncos could very well be one of those teams that leads the pack because one of the reasons Vic Fangio moved on from Rich Gangarello was he wanted to be aggressive, right? But it seemed like he wanted to be super conservative, but he says that's, it, it seems like he's saying that was all Scangarello being conservative. And so what do you do? You bring in Pat Shermer. Why? Because he's aggressive. He's not afraid to throw the ball downfield. You hope that you know, they can build this chemistry where in February they're saying, yeah, we're going to go for it on fourth down. But then once October comes, they still stick with that. Yep, for sure. Here's the last point I'll make about Elway potentially having regrets, moving on from Scangarello too early, obviously not getting Kyle Shanahan. As it pertains to Scangarello, I think that Elway has less regret about it because I don't – think it was ever going to be a great relationship between Rich Gangarello and Vic Fangio. And and I think that's probably what pushed Elway. And that actually might make him have more regret about moving on from Rich Gangarello. But in the back of his mind, knowing it's what I had to do, I just think that when he wanted to hire Rich Gangarello, Vic Fangio said, eh, I don't know about that. And then after the season, Vic came to him and said, see, we couldn't yeah. score for crap. Yep. Now my guy Shermer is available. He actually runs an offense that is much better for our young quarterback and will be exciting and will be aggressive and will do all these things. And I think John probably slept on it and just realized, like, I can't – I just feel like I can't force this relationship. I can't force my head coach – to want to like an offense that he doesn't like and that's fair I think and, it is too and then that's smart because you're empowering the people that you should be empowering and if it came down to that which I really think that it could have then it's smart because then you had to choose and of course you're going to cho- choose your head coach you should yep you should and, and you have to invest in your head coach and his philosophies and ideas and like we always said you got to be on the same page from the top down the funny thing is now you create the opposite effect, right? Whereas if this offense doesn't click the way it was supposed to, then John's going to Vic and saying, man, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. The, the West, you know, the, the Kyle Shanahan offense just won the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. I don't even know. I, unless it, if it works out swimmingly, then I think John always on board. Right. But <laughs> it's set up for the opposite effect. Yeah. It's not John's anymore. It's not John's offense anymore. Nope. Pretty uh, pretty interesting scenario. 
I think that the, the 49ers have a good chance. It's all going like it's like Nick Bosa versus Patrick Mahomes yep. is the game. <laughs> yep. When you put it like that, man, Nick Bosa is playing out of his mind. But how can you say anyone's going to beat Patrick Mahomes right now? When's the last time you saw Patrick Mahomes make a critical error? I can't point to one. It's crazy. like Especially outside of the first quarter. And he hasn't been making critical errors in the first quarter. That's what's crazy is I'm watching the game yesterday and I'm thinking like, wow, like pick six could really turn this thing around. Yep. And then I'm like, there's just no way that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I haven't even seen him throw a near pick no. in recent memory. It's crazy. He's so good. <laughs> really crazy. One thing I will say about the Chiefs and finally making it back to the Super Bowl. The Denver Broncos, 7-9 and nine Denver Broncos, beat mm. the two teams that the Chiefs beat on their way to the Super Bowl by a combined score of 54-24. to 24. That's 30 points. 30 points. So maybe they had an easy path to the Super Bowl? I think they did. Now, that doesn't diminish anything. As I've often said in all facets of sports, you can only beat the, the teams that they put in front of you. Right, and they put themselves in that position. But the Broncos, who were not a playoff caliber team, demolished those two teams. And, yes, you can get technical about it and say that was pre-Ryan Tannehill, blah, blah. You can't really get technical about the Texans. No. Nope. Um, I understand that. It's just that's crazy. Yep, that is wild. And as we figured out before the show, the Chiefs beat those two teams in the playoffs by 31 points. 31. So the Chiefs are one point or half a point better per game than the Broncos. In this scenario, <laughs> yes. And, hey, one more thing. The t- uh, the Broncos and 49ers met this year in practice. And, yep. of course, later in a game, but in practice. And the first time they ran into that offense, they got their faces smashed in. Yep. So maybe the Chiefs, maybe, <laughs> the, maybe the, the pattern continues. It could. It could. Interesting stuff. All right, before we move on here, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. I uh, had a friend come into town, and she doesn't even listen to the podcast. She just follows my Instagram, and she even had to get a strawberry sky when she got to Denver. High, uh, high ratings came in from her. So make sure you check out Strawberry Sky. Make sure you check out Breckenridge Brewery. It's the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge. You guys know the drill. It's great stuff. So make sure you check it out. And after you're done checking that out, especially if you are someone visiting Colorado, check out the Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online. And then head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right, Zach. Well, as has become an unavoidable truth on this podcast, we have many, many, many comments to get to. So let's jump right in. And the first one comes in from Ben D. And I think while we had a lot of fun with the double entendre, innuendo names, I think we have to up the maturity level a little bit on this, on the podcast. It, this is a family environment i think we got a little out of control because it was funny and we did have a lot of fun with it but i do think we have to rein it in so i'm going to uh, play the role of mom here and say that we're gonna stop with the names um i hope you guys understand and the first one coming in from ben 
D, as, as we'll say, one. Just going to throw out the things that have made me cry. In 2004, when I was 11, I went to the theaters to watch Miracle about the 1980 Olympic hockey team when the USA ended up beating the Soviets and everyone started chanting, USA, USA, USA. I remember jumping out of my seat, cheering and crying. Two, a few, other, a few others that have done it to me. Eight Below, Ovechkin lifting the cup, Lord of the Rings, multiple times, and the song at the end of The Hobbit, The Last Goodbye, which ended an era that was monumental in my upbringing. Ovechkin lifting the cup got me, too. Yeah. That was that was a special sports moment. I wonder, so you don't necessarily think Ben D is uh, um, a Washington fan? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, if you were just watching that, I mean, like such a legend of the game, so many years of disappointment. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it really was. Next one coming in from True Champ Fan 24. I mentioned yesterday about my daughter and her dra- traumatic birth. I'd like to say thank you to this community. Every day I stayed right by her side. I played then the BSN podcast every day, multiple times a day. You two in this community helped me keep calm. Y'all were the rock I needed in a terrible time. And even though you guys would have never known, you saved me from losing my mind. If anyone in the fam needs someone to talk to or chat, let me know. And that's in all caps, by the way. My Insta is the same as my username is here. You can always add me on Facebook. Just look for Steven, that's with a P-H, and Sholey, S-H-O-L-E-Y. And, of course, this is coming in from TrueChampFan24. And Nick Geyer chimes in and says, this story made me cr- That story made me cry literally twice, once in the beginning, once in the end. Thank you for sharing your courageous story. And- Agree so much. Um, that was that was a, a an intense story, and it's so cool. You know, when we decided to make the switch to daily podcasts, it was something that we knew was going to be a bore uh, that we wanted to take on, and we just kind of did it. But at that point, I had no idea the difference between being a part of someone's week. And being a part of there every single day, it really changes the connection, the community, everything. And I think it's one really special thing about this group is like we all hang out every single day of the week. Yep, and and I mean it when I when I say it. It is so cool, and I'm so honored that we you welcome us in to your straight earlobe, to your car, to your living room with your wife or girlfriend or husband or boyfriend and and your kids. It is it is awesome. Yeah, and thanks to them. For riding along with us, too, even if it's against their will. (laughs) Exactly. You know who you are if you're listening right now. Probably a few of you. From Mile High Magic 94, is a burger a sandwich? Yes. It is, but if you want to play the things can be their own thing, a burger is just a burger, I'm cool with you saying that. Same, then a grilled cheese would fall under that, too, because it falls into the classification of what a sandwich is. Right. But you don't. You don't say, oh, sure, I'd love a sandwich, and they give you a grilled cheese. Well, grilled cheese is short for a grilled cheese sandwich. It's true. But a burger isn't short for a burger sandwich. So if someone, so then is a burger a sandwich? Like I said, yes. But if you want to make the argument that it's not, I'm cool with that. I'm not going to argue with you on it. Yeah, because if you do the same thing, if someone says you want a sandwich and they give you a burger, you're probably thrown off. Right, but it is just a ground beef sandwich. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's a good one. Next one from Joe Schmo. 
Hey guys, you gotta try a PB&J open face with peanut butter and jelly on both pieces of to of bread. Toasted, more peanut butter and more jelly makes Joe Schmo a happy guy. <laughs> I don't like f having to like balance it. You oh, know what I mean? The jelly is gonna slip yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> like if you tilt it, you're gonna lose some stuff. Especially if you toast it. Now, you, now the peanut mm. butter is warm and a little more slippery. It's really true. It's really true. I gotta say, I love toasted things. My PB and J, I want it untoasted. Yep. That may be the only thing I say that to. Um, when I go to Subway, I say no, not toasted. Mm, do they actually toast the bread there, or do they just warm it up? They to um, <laughs> they do enough to melt the cheese. Okay. Oh, and you don't want the cheese melted? Nope. Oh, as you know, give me my cheese melted. Not at Subway. Um, Quiznos, which I haven't had in many, many years, <laughs> um, I would say yes, go ahead and toast it. But mm -hmm. I think Subway was meant to be eaten untoasted. They only yeah. brought toasted in when Quiznos started competing with them. It's not as good to toast it. Yeah, Subway is a cold, uh, cold sandwich yeah, place yeah exactly uh he goes on and says also i really appreciate the conversation about being emotional and how this dnvr group is willing to be vulnerable that makes me emotional collective vulnerability cool stuff i totally agree i agree as well and it's so rare on the internet to be able to be comfortable being vulnerable can you guys go into more depth why you are so down on daniel jones especially when compared to drew it wasn't his it it's, it was it, his first year. It was his first year. There were a lot of injuries around him, and he played for the Giants. From the casual fantasy football perspective, he had some good games and some duds. Thanks for all the hard work, guys. We were, we're not reacting to Daniel Jones' performance in terms of why we don't like Daniel Jones. We didn't like Daniel Jones from the second we saw him at the, super, at the Senior Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're, we're saying like we never liked him. And in fact, I was shocked that he even had three or four good games. Maybe he even had more than that. Um, he had four games over 100 pass, passer ratings, so okay. there you go. So, yeah, he had four good games. That surprised me. Um, and, and we might end up being very wrong. Like, I was worried about that, and then he definitely came back to earth. Um, and then I think he had one or two of those good games at the very end of the season. Yep. I I just don't see the what – I don't see what everyone was excited about ever. He looks like Andy Dalton to me. And Andy Dalton's had some really good games too. That's that's my per, that's my perfect comp. He is Andy Dalton. I think his I think he does have a very high ceiling. I just think it's a very specific window of how he gets there. Like I think Drew Locke, Patrick Mahomes, the the Lamar Jackson, I think these guys can do it multiple different ways. Daniel Jones is very cut out to be one type of quarterback and only have success one way. And that way is the Tom Brady way. And it m more so that than these other quarterbacks, at least. And I just think that his, I'm not saying his ceiling isn't as high. It's just a little slimmer for him to get there. And uh, I got to give him credit. He had a much better season than I thought he was going to have as a rookie. I wouldn't have taken him fifth overall last year. Uh, he did show to me uh, a lot more than I was expecting. So right now I'm higher on him now than I was coming out of the draft. That's for sure. Hadn't thought about this yet. Daniel Jones, we believe very average quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Who is the king of making average quarterbacks look good? Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer. What's going to happen <laughs> to Daniel Jones now that Pat Shermer is gone? Who Do we know who they're? Oh, Jason it's Garrett. Jason Garrett. Yeah. Hmm. 
He made a pretty average quarterback look good. He did. Maybe he'll do the same. Yeah. So, again, it's not us saying, like, wow, Daniel Jones is terrible now that we've seen him in the NFL. We saw him three straight days in Mobile, and we were like, this guy's definitely not it. In fact, if you go back and listen to the podcast, we were <laughs> brutal on Daniel Jones, and we really liked Drew Locke all the uh-huh. way back then. This is not reactionary stuff. This is how he felt from the start. I I don't know how he's done with the media there, but he certainly couldn't handle the media at the Senior Bowl. It was – it felt like he couldn't throw passes to his left at all. I don't know how that went this year. I, I didn't watch enough games closely enough to know, but never, I never, I never had an, even an inkling of like for Daniel Jones. This is actually a special anniversary, Ryan. One year ago from today on this pod, we fell in love with one Drew Locke. Mm. <laughs> mm. So maybe it would technically, no, probably would have been the Monday night pod. Yep, Mon- we we recorded it late Monday night after the. Uh, oh no, we actually recorded it, it Tuesday, Tuesday morning. morning. Yep. Okay, so one year ago from tomorrow. Wow, what a day it was. <laughs> from knees, uh, what free agents do you guys see Elway bringing in? Byron Jones and Chris Jones are one A and one B for me. P.S. The Bachelor's weak sauce. Incorrect. Also, happy Bachelor Monday. Oh, by the way, did you watch on? Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> did you watch it on Friday? I did. What'd you think? I did watch on Friday. Man, that that head to head, I love it. What's the girl's name? Kelsey. Oh God. That is, I don't know how anyone could be on her side. So exactly. So you you heard what I was saying? Like she just completely fabricated. Yep. A way to be mad. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. And also. I can't believe you'd be so devoted to a bottle of champagne. I get so I get the idea. It's like if you don't want anyone to take it, don't leave it out. Like, right. And then to act like she knew. I just, well, and on top of that, the at least the show did a good job of making it seem like that was the only bottle of champagne that's left out. And then five minutes later, you find out there's just bottles of champagne left out left and right. The, that's what I said. The producers set up that trap. Yep. And it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And Hannah Ann fell right into the trap. Yep. And Kelsey provided the drama just like they wanted. Yep. It was perfect. Now, I do. I think I saw the label on her nice bottle some of champagne. Dom P. I think it was Dom P. It yeah. was Dom P. I it was, that too. <laughs> it was some good stuff. Oh, God. The look on her face when you hear the champagne bottle pop. <laughs> and all the other girls sitting around her. <laughs> the, the collective panic. Oh, man. And, and, oh, and then I literally cheered when she took the sip of the other champagne and it sprayed all over oh her face. God. I was literally like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Peter just must have been like, oh, my God. This is the worst. Peter... When uh, when things get awkward, he gets so uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah. and so then he does everything he can to try and diffuse the awkwardness. Yep. He's like, no, it's okay, it's okay, no, don't <laughs> worry about it. He dumping it on his face. He's like, I did look at me. <laughs> uh, she's got to go, right? He's Tonight. Like, oh, yeah. He's like um, Billy Madison when he, when he purposely makes it look like he peed his pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, from Hey Duke, gents, I think you guys are reading way too deep into the tea leaves on team on the team's feelings about Locke. The messaging has always been a bit awkward, I guess, but I think you're asking Elway to be more of a wordsmith than he is. Elway's comments, quote, wait to relive these again. <laughs> quote, I don't see any options right now. He finished and did a heck of a job. He won four out of five games and played well. This is Hey Duke's translation. 
Locke played well enough. We are not looking for other options. Another quote. I don't like to show our hand, but I think it's unrealistic to say we're going in a different direction. Hey, Duke's translation. I want teams to keep guessing, but nobody believes we're not going with Locke. Let's stop there. What do you think? Uh, it just goes back to what you said right after you heard these, Ryan. Is is Andy Reid trying to throw teams off by being wishy-washy on Patrick Mahomes? Are the Giants being wishy-washy on Daniel Jones right now? Uh, any team that has their guy, are they afraid to say it? No. No. That's that's weird. And I get it. I, I, I actually, there's part of me that, hey, Duke, I agree with him. Sometimes John Elway just isn't that great of a public speaker. And I think there is a chance that in a very unfortunate moment, John had a very unfortunate public speaking moment, and now we have to talk about it all offseason. I'm mad at him for that, if that's what happened. (laughs) Um, But I can see both sides. I think there's a chance that, for whatever reason, L.A. doesn't feel 100% in on Drew Locke. I just – I was – there was part of me that thought – that question should be asked. He was going to say, "Really? Uh, of course. Have you seen what we've had around here? Now we have a guy. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a chance. And so when it came out and it was so much worse than that and so much less of a commitment than that, it felt weird. Um, I, I, I don't know what to make of it, but it is weird. And on top of that, it's, I think it's easier to build the case going in the direction we have because you can also say, well... John's hesitant now to say he's the guy. And look, less than a year ago, he was hesitant to even draft him. It was very easy that Drew Locke could have been snatched up before the Broncos got him. They had an opportunity to get him at 10, at 20, at 41, and then they got him at 42. So they passed on him three different times. And then so you add that to the equation. But I I certainly understand what what you're saying, hey, Duke, and I, I hope it's that but I hope that John Elway kind of corrects that at the combine and whatever way he wants to do it, just anoint drew the guy. Yeah. Uh, I just got a bad feeling. <laughs> it's gonna, like he's going to be asked like is quarterback an option for you guys or something like that. And he's not going to say no. Everything's an option. I hate that. <laughs> he finishes as far as Shermer goes. He had a number of opinions as far as where he would like to go work. Don't fool yourself into believing he's done as a head coach. If that were true, he would have taken a year or two off enjoying his free money and sipping drinks out of pineapples on a beach somewhere before coming back. He picked Denver for two reasons. First, he's working for a defensive guy who will keep games manageable and is happy to give him free reign of the offense. Second, he sees a young offense with the talent to make a quick turnaround after several years of struggle, including a young quarterback he has scouted and believes that has what it takes to succeed. He didn't come to Denver to try and handpick a quarterback. He came to Denver because we have a quarterback he thinks he can win with. I agree. I agree, too, uh, except for the fact that the part about him not being done coaching as a head coach, he might not be done personally right. as a head coach. I just can't imagine a team hiring a third-time, two-time failed head coach. Who has nine collective wins in each of those two times coaching, that's a f- you're signing yourself up for four and a half wins per season. It, and, if you sign him up, and it takes two to tango, an owner and a GM are going to need to to want to hire him. And Ryan, he's not getting any younger. It's not like this was a Sean McVay who was hired at 30 and then it didn't work out, so he was fired. And then he was hired again at 41, 
and then it didn't work out, so he's fired. And maybe at 51, he gets another shot. He's he's late 50 or mid 50s right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I think it's all his fault either. Like he was with the Browns and the Giants, and you know, with the Giants, he had Dave Gettleman and his GM. Like, it's not all his fault. I just think it's a really tough sell. I I would say this: if he really wanted to become a head coach again. I would say he should go be a head coach of a college, succeed there, and then maybe have a chance to come back up. But he probably isn't that type of guy who wants to go recruit and all that. He's a football guy. I would be – and here's the thing. Here's how he gets another head coaching job, which I don't think would even happen. If he has like five really good years as an offensive coordinator, maybe four really good years, but he's not going to be the guy that shows promise with Drew Locke this year or even in two years, and then he's plucked away. There's going to be at least – the Broncos are going to have an opportunity to have stability on the offensive side of the ball if they want it. Yep. Next one's from Dan Burke. He says, going to have to defend Shermer real quick. He can get pretty fiery. Example of this, when a reporter asked him about Jones fumbling, Shermer responded, it's not his fault he got effing hit. The Giants ended up scrubbing that from all their media channels afterwards, and he apologized <laughs> several times for being unprofessional, but there's definitely an opportunity for some good material for y'all to work with. A lot of people made a lot out of – uh, what our like our little bit that we had on Friday's spot? We're just joking around. Like we don't actually think that it matters whether or not the OC is fiery. No, no, I I don't think so. As um, a head coach, I can make that argument. Yeah, it does it does matter. Um, and I believe it was Mark Schlereth that said he talked to a lot of people in the Giants, and that was a knock against him as a head coach was that he wasn't fiery and he didn't get the team fired up. Does he need that as an offensive coordinator? Not necessarily. Not at all. I literally don't care if he's a, a robot who just calls really good plays. Right. As long as he's getting the guys prepared and can yes. feel the game on Sundays. You don't need, I mean, you really don't need a fiery offensive coordinator. You need a smart offensive coordinator. End of story. They've already got the guy that can deliver the boom. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not really that fiery either. But... Um, yeah, I had like multiple tweet. You like, you guys are trying to make a story out of. No-. I was like, no, we're. It was a bit. We just. It was a joke that we kept going back to. Here's the thing: your team takes the identity of either the quarterback or the head coach. Right now, their quarterback. If they take the identity of Drew Locke, they'll be a hundred percent fine. They don't need any other, you know, big time fiery leaders. Yep, exactly. He goes on, also on his comments about Locke, he's a pretty honest guy. This is what he said about Josh Allen, someone they did extensive work on in 2018 before they played Buffalo this year. Quote, we thought he was a big, strong thrower, a guy that had a chance to be a starter in the NFL, and he has been for them. I think he's made steady improvements. He's a very strong-armed guy. <laughs> Sounds like a Vance Joseph Paxton Lynch quote. <laughs> he's tall. Except for the part about being a starter. Um, he wasn't. I understand what you're saying. He wasn't about to coach Josh Allen. He's just coaching against him. Right. You know, if you can find me a quote on Drew Locke, I don't know, somehow before, like in the, at the combine, maybe they asked him about Drew Locke. I don't know. I'd be more open to that, but he's about to coach against this guy. Now he's about this. He's about to be Drew Locke's coach. Of course, he's going to say nice things about him, but I was actually on the side of this argument in which I said, I think he went further than he had to, which makes me feel like he does really like Drew Locke. Yeah, exactly. Um, threes for Mr. B. Four. Last thing. The Star Tribune in Minnesota is reporting that Pat Elfline is on his way out. He's been, a hor- he's been horrible at left guard this year. 
But his best year came in his rookie season when he paid at center with Shermer as his OC. With Shermer left in 2018, his play fell off a cliff, and they drafted Bradbury to take his spot. If the Vikings cut Elfline, would y'all be interested in him as a starting center? His stock is at an all-time low, but he's still young and has been durable and is shown to be a good player in the system. Won't be expensive either. Gosh, the Vikings offensive line, it scares me to pick up anyone on their offensive line, especially before this year. They've been bad. So because he was good at center, I mean, this would have to be a significant discount from Connor McGovern. Yeah, I mean, you assume Connor McGovern played well this year. Elfline played horrible, according to the commenter. Um, like five million or less per season would have to be. Yeah, would have to half half price McGovern. And what we think McGovern maybe eight, which is wild to me. Yeah, I think it might be more actually. Oh my god! Probably about ten. That is wild to me. Next one coming in from Iceman. Hey friends, this pod was this pod for me was very hard to get to play. We have Xfinity, so maybe not RIP. So no football question, but one for Mace. Oh, well, he's not here. You'll have to leave it on today's episode for him to get to tomorrow. Um, and uh, I guess we can move on then. Yes, we can. <laughs> We're not going to answer for Mace how old he is. I, I don't even know off the top of my head. <laughs> I have no idea, yeah. From Colin G. Said, hey, guys, first off, I'd like an address I can use in the spring when dandelions are flowers and flowers are in season and the deep-fried nature can be prepared best. It's at the bottom of all of our emails, so that's the easiest, but it's 7596 West Jewel Avenue. If you type that in, I think you could probably get the rest of it yeah, filled out. That's impressive. He says, second, I can't believe you didn't catch my name's inappropriate identity. Beats me that eighth grade Mace wasn't able to see it. Sad, but with the addition of, yeah, much, a bunch more entendre, which we're <laughs> letting go. We're moving on. We're, we've matured. Um, I read this name a bunch of times and i couldn't figure out what it was do you still not know no, i don't either yep. i don't either i got nothing uh, 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 uh. he says have the best day of your life thank you <laughs> and thanks for chiming in next one coming in man even normal names now i'm like can i read this yeah i know right <laughs> i think this one's safe right yeah you're ethan rosier yes <laughs> he says hey guys hearing about the podcast for charity would be right up my alley and definitely something that would be cool to do I agree. Simple question. Since Pat Shermer is a new offensive coordinator, if we were to get a wide receiver in free agency, who would be the best fit for this offense? Uh, Stephon Diggs. Mm. Now you have to trade for him. You willing to do that? Is Okay, I thought, why are people talking about him being an option? Because he wasn't getting along with the Vikings last oh, year. Oh, right, right. He was having problems, and it did seem to be pretty significant. Didn't he go for like 200 the next week, though? Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, okay, so he doesn't count. Would you trade a third-round pick? He has a big contract, yeah. so you also have to take that into account. Uh, I mean, yes. Man, what if you got Stephon Diggs and Henry Ruggs? Or name your wide receiver in the first round. You're on, you're on your way to be, being the Chiefs. Um, Here's some free agents. A.J. Green. That's an interesting one. It's an interesting name. Uh, this is a funny thing. This one, he is too injury prone for me. Like, he's really, really injury prone. But now, any player who's ever been injured, Broncos fans are like, nope, <laughs> right. can't take him. Right. Yep. I'm like, we, you, this is football. Everyone's been hurt. Right. Like, try and find me one guy who hasn't missed significant games from an injury in the NFL. Yeah, no. You'll, you'll come up with, like, a few, I'm sure. But it is not easy. To find guys who don't have an injury history. Right. I get not wanting A.J. Green-like players who pretty much miss games every single season. Yeah. 
But like, if a guy had like a torn ACL at some point, it doesn't mean you can't take him anymore. Right. I I agree. And speaking of injury prone players, I have to mention the name Emmanuel Sanders. No. <laughs> yeah. There's no chance. Um, trying to think of guys. I mean, we've already talked about Amari Cooper. Let me just say this about Emmanuel Sanders. I asked a, a Broncos source about Drew Locke unlocking the Broncos offense. And the thing they said to me was Drew was huge, but even bigger was Emmanuel being out of the locker room. How about that? So just take that for what it is. When you have an addition by subtraction, that, that says a lot. Yeah. Um, Amari Cooper, he's going to be, I just think, too expensive. Uh, he's a good player. Ran- but if I could have one and I don't have to worry about the price tag, that's probably the guy. Right. Robbie Anderson, if you, wanna, if you do want the speed guy. He's a free agent this year. It's probably going to cost you a lot. Yes, I think so as well. Um, Tavon Austin, but you're not bringing him in to be a number two. No, you're bring- No, he's you're. You have Deontay Spencer. As crazy it is as it is with Tavon Austin being a first round pick, there there's not that big of a difference between those two players. Uh, I'll give you one kind of under the radar guy, Corey Coleman, former first round pick, played with Pat Shermer. Two, for the past two years, was hurt all of last year. He's a very high upside, low risk. And I'm not even saying his upside's that high, but you bring him in to compete for a roster spot. Man, he has done absolutely nothing in the NFL. Nothing. I don't even know if he has one good game to stand on. No. Um, I loved him at Baylor. Like, when I saw, uh, watching his highlights, he was electric. I don't know what happened to Keith. He's not done nothing. Absolutely nothing. In a first-round pick, he was put in a position to succeed. Yeah, so um, why do bad teams ever draft first-round wide receivers? I think he was pick 15, too. I, n- I never Broncos get that. Broncos are at 15. We're talking about wide receivers. But the Broncos aren't bad. Like, they right. are. They have a lot of pieces. They're 7-9. Seven 7-9 and nine. Seven and nine's not bad. Here's it. If the Broncos draft a wide receiver at 15, they can't miss if you miss on a receiver in the middle of the first round that is that's almost as bad as it gets yeah if you miss on a quarterback in the mid-20s does it look good that you missed on Paxton of course not but is it the worst look ever no it's not I'd rather miss on a wide receiver than a quarterback it's a lot easier in to terms move of your on plans absolutely yeah. yeah I agree um all right, next one coming in from Cleavers83. Interesting thing about the Black Sox. My great uncle just had his book detailing the proof and stats and story behind the players put in Baseball Hall of Fame. If you guys weren't 100% sure what happened, eight players on the White Sox took money to throw the World Series. They did this because they were one of the best teams in the league year in and year out, but none of the players were being paid their worth. Their book is, sorry, kid, I don't feel like playing much today or like playing today by Kelly D. Cleaver, if anyone wants to check it out. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. There, the name again is Sorry Kid, I Don't Feel Much Like Playing Today. If you want to check out um, uh, his great uncle's book. Pretty crazy. I mean, that money was a problem in sports at one point. <laughs> Seriously, from the best team. All right, uh, from Orange Crush. And we kind of addressed this a little bit on the last podcast, but I'll address it again. He said, no offense, RK, but I have to completely disagree with your take on OBJ. As a police officer myself, I'll give you my insight. You see a 20-second video clip where uh, OBJ is wasted. He throws something in the face of the security guard and proceeds to slap him on the butt. 
The security guard turns around and gets trolled with OBJ dancing in his face. We have no idea what happened before this uh, video, if the security guard had approached him before or not. This guy is obviously just trying to do his job, and OBJ thinks he's above everyone. OBJ is a straight-up punk and deserves everything he gets. If you can't uh, uh, stay out, if you can't handle your alcohol, then stay off the grog. I don't disagree with anything you said. My whole point, and again, I'll, I'll reiterate this. My whole point was that I don't think this would have become a thing. I don't think that there ever would have been an arrest warrant if the video didn't get out. That's my main take. OBJ was in the wrong. He does. He he is deserves to be punished for it. He's there's no case that he that he did anything right, and my my biggest feeling is that I all of the things you said are wrong. He or are right. He did all those things. Why not just arrest him for public intoxication right then and there? Yeah. If you wanted, you know, if you were sick of dealing with him, which I totally understand if you were. Um, but anyways, it's it's a moot point now. I agree with you. OBJ is a punk. He clearly can't handle his alcohol he was making a fool of himself it's almost like the hangover as we're like piecing together all the dumb things (laughs) he did that night so i'm not making the argument that he doesn't deserve any sort of punishment my whole thing was that it never would have i don't think that this would have become anything if the video didn't come out he embarrassed himself so much that night he may have been better off getting arrested right there and then and having all the damage done um, if I'm LSU, just for my sake and his sake, even if he doesn't, you know, actually get charged or anything with this, I would, I would ban him for a while or maybe, maybe Don't not ban make him. Public. Just ask him privately. Yes, yeah. exactly. Hey, we're going to need you to stay away for a little bit. Yeah, I agree. That'd be I best for both sides. I just don't know if he would handle that well. <laughs> he made a fool of himself. And them and everyone. Yeah. Yep. Missouri. And he's going to get people in trouble with the money thing. <laughs> I mean, that's the easiest way. Yeah. You, maybe you just ask the NCAA, like, hey, will you ban right. from our games for a little while? <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like I had one more take. Oh, what do you think uh, What do you think Baker said when he saw those videos? <laughs> Guy's an idiot. Guy's an idiot. <laughs> God, is that a GIF? I need that to be a GIF. I will use that so much. Well, you sh- it's better to use it with the video so you can get the sound because the way he says it is so perfect. Can I pull? Can I get that? Yeah, you can pull the video. Is that out there? You yeah. have to. <laughs> Guy's an idiot. <laughs> it's so good. Next one from Missouri Bronco. The fact that Randy Gratishar doesn't have a gold jacket is a damn travesty. That is all. Yes, it is. We agree. Next one again from the Sandy Man. I think what Elway said about Locke at the end of your presser was perfect. Hmm. Perfect, he says. The Broncos might be afraid of the Baker Mayfield effect. If you give a young quarterback the keys to the franchise and start praising him too much, they can get a big ego. I can promise you that Baker's ego <laughs> was already big enough. It didn't. I don't think it even got inflated. I don't think so. Baker was talked up so much they were supposed to make the playoffs, and now all of a sudden he is not working so hard. He did a bunch of commercials and put on a little gut. I don't think Locke has that mentality and would do that, but why not make Locke work for it? Elway is taking a page out of Fangio's book and not talking him up and letting Q young kid be happy with what he with what he had did yet before. Oh, it's a take. It could be. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'd, I'd, I think it's a little bit of a connecting of the dots that's tough for me to see, but it could be the truth. I mean, maybe Elway is saying like, Drew does have a pretty big ego. Let's not inflate it too much. You know what Baker's saying to John after this? 
guys that <laughs> Exactly. I don't think... Well, I will say that Baker had a big ego always. Yeah. Um, he always had the vendettas against reporters who didn't like him. He always <laughs> did, you know... Um, uh, crossed the line on the field. He did the grabbing the crotch thing. I mean, <laughs> Baker didn't change. No. The one difference is that he did have to earn it his rookie year. He had to, you know, fight for his job, and he didn't this year. Um, I will say the the commercials thing is a is a bad look. That. I agree. It's a bad look because he was bad. If he was good, then he's Peyton Manning, yep. you know? But that didn't take away from him, like, working in the offseason. Those things don't take much time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, next one's from Nebraska Rockies Bronco. Ah, he says, your type of guy, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> he says it's too long, but it's not that long, so we can handle it. He says, hey, all first-time commenter here. I enjoy listening to the pods, but I'm just getting caught up on the marathon of pods of late. I'm a lifelong Husker fan. But Denver professional sports fan, RK, we need to talk about these Nebraska <laughs> comments. I love it. Let's talk. Maybe Zach or Mace can back me up here, but here's a quick analysis defending the passing on Burrow to Nebraska. Oh. In 2018, when Frost made that comment about Burrow not being better what they had, he kind of had a point. In 2018, Martinez had a 64% completion percentage with 20, uh, 2,600 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, 8 picks, 629 rushing yards with 8 rushing TDs. By comparison... Burrow had a 57% completion rate, 2,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, and five picks. He also had 399 rushing yards with seven rushing TDs. These stats are very similar to each other, and LSU was by far the better team in 2018. We all know that if Burrow was playing at Nebraska, he wouldn't have had near the success. That's not a knock on Burrow, just being a realist about where the Huskers are. Okay, some of what you said I think is correct. But here's what I'll come back to more than anything else. It's Scott Frost's job to be able to see more than just stats. Right. He's supposed to be doing – he's a quarterback himself. He's supposed to be able to evaluate the ceiling of the quarterback. And while Adrian Martinez, I think, is a, is a talented player, it's his job to be able to look at Joe Burrow and say, like, oh, my God, that guy would go crazy. And, and remember, Nebraska is running an offense much closer to what LSU ran this year rather than what they ran in 2018. So I get what you're saying. And if he did just look at the stats, then maybe he did have a case. But it's his job to be able to say, like, oh, my God, if that guy was in this offense, he would dominate. And maybe he wouldn't have thrown, you know, 60 touchdowns to six interceptions. But he is a better player than Adrian Martinez. I completely agree. Sorry. I can't. Zach didn't have your back. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't have it. (laughs) Anyways, he goes on. That being said, much like the pod on Burrow, Locke, and Lawrence, I would have rather gone with a quarterback that's more familiar with the system than an unknown with similar stats. I think we can cut Frost a break on that one. Not me. (laughs) I love the recent games to see you and hope the Buffs and Huskers can keep the rivalry going. Thanks for all the great content, guys. Keep it up. I love the rivalry as well, and I hope you know whenever I take little digs, it's just all part of the fun and games of the rivalry. And it's from the heart, and he means it completely. But, Ryan, you just you just kind of put yourself in a corner right here. In a corner I think you're going to be fine with being in, but you did put yourself in a corner because with Locke, you like the known, and that's why you would take Locke over Burrow and Trevor. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily your job like it is Scott Frost, but you're saying that – it's not about the known in that situation. So shouldn't you kind of take a step back and, and, and see what it's going to be like with Lawrence and Burrow? It was already proven that that Joe Burrow could play in college. He had a 
decent season. Just the same. I mean, the stats were pretty similar. Yeah. As Adrian Martinez. So there wasn't some worry about, oh, can he make that next jump? What I know is that the jump from college football as a quarterback to NFL quarterbacking is the biggest jump in sports, and it's the toughest one to make, and there is no formula, literally no formula, that tells us yes or no, a player will be able to make it or not. There's no, there's no number, there's no stat, there's no anything that you can point to and say, if he does this well in college, he's going to do it well in the NFL. I already know that Drew Locke has made the jump and made it smoothly and seamlessly. I don't know that about anyone else, and I never will. Fair. Fair. Next one coming in from Bob Bobby Langs. Mm-hmm. I can say it. We don't have yeah, to cut good. that out. <laughs> Reacting to the Bulls comments. I have a learning disability myself. People telling me I can't do things, or as my sophomore math teacher told me, going to college may be difficult for you. Have you thought about going into a trade profession? This comment may have driven me to the levels never thought possible by many. As a director in healthcare with a master's now, Boom. I am... I am proof anything is possible with self-awareness and the humility to work hard. Anyone can accomplish anything. Mace is correct. Bulls saying the refs are wrong and they may have something against him makes my skin crawl. Elway saying he's under a magnifying glass. Where is the accountability? Own your crap, good, bad, or indifferent. It's time for Elway to own his mistake now as well. The first key to coachability is being teachable, in, in, and being teachable is self-awareness and humility to accept you need to improve. This is something Garrett Bowles seems to have nothing of. Moving on to Garrett Bowles' replacement, Peters. He knows the Shermer system, or Trent Williams, are possible dark horse candidates for the left tackle. With Elway providing Coach Munch with his developmental candidate for the future, Garrett Bowles has done the swing tackle for a year, then peace, man. Your thoughts on the double up on left tackle through free agency and the draft, regardless of the comments Elway had at the end of your presser. Also, a time when Elway said Tebow was the guy. That presser means nothing, just like when Vic committed to Skangs for another year. L-M-A-O. Thanks for all you guys do. Yep, you can say whatever you want and go back on it whenever you want. Yep, because... You're the head coach of the or the general manager of the Denver Broncos. Yep, you're allowed. Uh, no one can tell you you're not allowed to change your mind. Yep. Um. First of all, way to prove the doubters yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's too cool. Uh. Second of all, I'm in on investing in the offensive line a ton. It's not going to be as fun. It's not going to be as sexy, but we will praise it. I just don't think they're going that route. I don't think they're going to try to replace Garrett Bowles. <sighs> yeah. Right now, it seems like what? At what point are they replacing Garrett Bowles? If they go left tackle in the first round, they're replacing Garrett Bowles, right? Yes. If they go spend $15 million on a left tackle, they're replacing Garrett Bowles. What if they go wide receiver in the first, offensive tackle in the second? Is that a replacement for Garrett Bowles for this year? No. I don't think so either. I think it's a, it's a, a ripcord option. And I think it may be just as much of a security blanket for the other side of the line, for Juwan James. Right. It's, it's It would be smart to go uh, offensive line in the second round. Mm-hmm. You're not forced and committed. And, you know, it's kind of like the Drew Locke thing. I think they loved the idea that they could draft Drew Locke without being, you know, tied to him for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Now they're happy that they are going to be tied for him, we think. They're happy about that. Um, they should be. Yes, they should be happy about that. But it was a freedom pick. That's kind of how, how I think would be a great – you get a tackle who can play either side, which a lot of these younger guys can in this day and age, and you're not 
saying he's going to be the starter right away. You're saying he's going to come in and compete for jobs. Worst case scenario, when one of those two inevitably fails in one way or another, then you have a place to go. Would you trade Trent Williams for a second round pick? How old is he? 30, 30? 30 or 31. Yes. I would. I would as well. And you're going to have to pay him, which is scary to pay both your tackles that much. But I, I would. Maybe with Ron Rivera there, there's a chance to kind of mend the relationship. But on the other it, side, that goes not, deeper it wasn't than a, just that. Yeah, right. I was going to say, it's not the coach that he doesn't trust. Yeah, it's the entire organization. Yeah, and <laughs> Sue Cravens is probably um, can really relate to that. Yes. And that's not to say Sue was great or always in the right about anything, but it's a pattern of people not trusting that organization. Gosh, I really like this possibility now, even though it's going to cost you so much money. But what do we detail? You have a lot of money right now. And get your quarterback weapons, and in my mind, most importantly, protect him. Second round pick, get your receiver in the first. Whew. Trent Williams and Jawan James walking off the bus Whew. next to each other is a good look. I like that. And then you have Dalton Reisner right behind him. Yep. Mm, and Henry Ruggs or name whoever else you want. And then you have two third rounders. If you want, package those, move up to the second. I'm in. I'm in too. Count me in. I like it. Love Thunder Down Under. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner eligibility? Vegemite toast. Yep. Talk about concentric, concentric circles. It was destiny these topics collide. I can't wait to try it. And yeah, then, I don't I don't know enough about it to say if it fits the category or not. I don't either. And there a lot of people have chimed in with stuff from other cultures, which I definitely believe there are. I just say in our culture, it's just PB and J. And I don't know if it was just on Twitter if we got a comment on here, but I'm supposed to give some pushback to PB and J for breakfast. Explain. Explain why the breakfast. Because I definitely see lunch. Oh, you're uh, you're taking a side. You're taking a side here. I I I agree with that. There needs to be some pushback. I agree. Lunch. I can see dinner. I'll go along with that, and I can absolutely see snack and midnight snack and dessert. But breakfast. I agree. I would eat it for breakfast. Uh huh. But I think if you were to tell an average person, I had a peanut butter and jelly for breakfast. I think they would look at you, and say, "You mean for lunch?" Huh. Yeah. Maybe that's true. <laughs> I I don't think there's anything about it that takes it away from the elements of breakfast. Would you have, you know, jelly on toast? Does that count as breakfast? 100%. 100%. That okay. is more breakfast than not. Okay. Um, so it's not about the bread or the jelly. Peanut butter is definitely a breakfast food. Yeah, even peanut butter on toast. Peanut butter on yeah. toast. People like peanut butter on their waffles peanut butter and your protein shake yep and then bread I, I just i don't see any elements of this that take it out of breakfast that's a good point like if you're that's having eggs with dinner you're eating a breakfast item with dinner right but i can't point to anything in there and say that that is not an item that belongs at the breakfast table if you have a piece of toast with jelly and a piece of toast with peanut butter that's breakfast yeah but if you have a piece of bread untoasted Matched with another piece of bread with the PB and J in the middle. I see what you mean, though. I mean, that, mm. that's, as, that's as good as I have. There is a, an argument that untoasted bread is not a breakfast item. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. What would what? be breakfast with untoasted bread? 
I mean, technically, if you put uh, an egg and two slices of uh, bacon between untoasted bread, I don't think that would be a not breakfast sandwich. Do you do that, though? I don't know if I've ever seen that. They're toasted. They're Maybe usually... that's the distinction, mm. is that the bread is toasted. I'm willing to listen to that argument. Would you have a PB&J untoasted for breakfast? I would never have. P- I would never toast my PB and J. I agree. I agree with that. Um, but I understand why people like. I, it's just not as. I, it, I think the big thing that I don't like is the peanut butter getting melty. I don't either. Yeah. Then it's all just mush. Well, and it's like a ma- more of a mess. It's, things are slipping and sliding off the bread. This is weird. How you and I are just on the exact same. I mean, it's not weird. We're on the same page with <laughs> a lot of things. But with with our bread, we like our things toasted when they're supposed to be toasted. But we don't like PB and J's toasted. No. <laughs> I could be down. I could listen to some like weird thing. Maybe like grilled PB and J. Like you know, now you're getting fancy mm. with it. That's definitely dinner though, right? Sure. If you're throwing it on the grill. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> all right he also chimes in and says wait no fritters fritters is the answer all three meals without questions why word this is the nirvana of sports off seasons what are fritters a fritter i had to look this up too is a fried pastry usually consisting of a portion of batter or breading which has been filled or you can have like fried corn fritters okay so it's kind of like a burrito oh, I, I think i have had corn fritters I think this is kind of taking the burrito argument where there's different types. So you have like, I think you have like a breakfast fritter with like apples or something in it. Yep. Um, Yeah. uh, It's got to be the same thing. Yeah. It can't be peanut butter jelly never changes. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Next one coming in. Although someone would make the art. If you want to open up changing it, then you could just say PB&J on toast for breakfast. That still qualifies it. Right. Be altering it a bit. Yep. Next one from Missouri Bronco. Also, would a Facebook group for the fan be something of interest? Don't get me wrong. I love getting into inter- interactions via this site, but maybe it's an idea. Bar people from entering unless they are subscribers. I don't know. Just running thoughts at 2 a.m. That's a, It's a good idea. And then Rob actually chimed in with the actual idea that we have, which we've been working on and uh, is hopefully in the plans at some point, which is just to add a forum. Um, so we have a place to have random conversations, even when we're off the podcast, which I think is more along the lines of what we're aiming for. Missouri Bronco, third comment. Sorry, guys. Mace talked about his burner account. Is that one able to be divulged here? He and I probably disagree, but I'm not a troll. I want to look at different views. No, I think the point of that, and you'd have to ask Mace directly, but I think the point of that is so that fans and stuff aren't seeing that because that's one thing that people are really big on oh like i follow you for your broncos coverage i don't want to see this i think the idea for mace if i understood what he was saying correctly was i want a place to just be able to vent without having to worry about who's gonna see it he wants to separate himself yes which is i think uh, the right way to do it yeah um ryan clayman hey dnvr family sorry i haven't been on a lot lately the coverage has been so good, I haven't had any questions until now. One, I was talking about this with a friend. Do the Broncos have a get-back coach? How do you get that job? No, I don't think Vic needs a get-back coach. What's a get-back coach? Just tells oh, you to get oh, back literally. on the sideline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I don't think Vic gets too fiery. Although, is there someone who walks behind him carrying things for him? Not I, that haven't I've noticed. noticed. No. I haven't noticed. I haven't noticed. 
Two, are the Hall of Fame inductions over uh, with this year, or does Steve Outwater still have a chance? He still has a shot, and they better put him in. February 1st, the night before the Super Bowl, is when that'll be announced. Three, Mr. B. Four, movies that have made me cry. Rudy, the ending of Fast Furious 7, and Draft Day. Yes, I said Draft Day. Seeing Vontae Mack getting drafted first overall brings a tear to my eye every time I see it. Don't judge me. (laughs) I love it. I can't remember if that one got me. I don't think so. Five, RK, can you admit that The Bachelor and Bachelorette is about getting high ratings and not about finding love? There have only been one couple that is still together. Give me Jeopardy all day. Hell yes, I can admit that. It's not about finding love at all. It's about entertaining <laughs> the hell out of me, and it works. It's so, so good. And it's a brilliant idea because I know there's a lot of, uh, of work behind the scenes with the producers, but the idea is so simple. Mm-hmm. And it's magnificent how it's undefeated. You get 30 girls or 30 guys in a room. You throw in a lot of booze, which is great. You send them to do weird, different, awesome things. And it's just entertaining all the time. It'll never not be entertaining. Yeah, I mean... There'll never be a dull season. Nope, impossible. <laughs> and there's always going to be drama. Yep. And people's feelings start getting involved. And you mix feelings and alcohol and, oh, man, yep. it's good stuff. I think there may be more than one love story, though, that's still going. I think so, too. Also, when you start bringing in B.I.P., Right. And there's a lot more success stories from, from Bachelor in Paradise, too. In fact, that Aaron Rodgers guy, his brother, I think, is still in a relationship. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. he is. Um, Going on here. Six, I bought a DNVR hat a couple months back, and I have to say that I usually don't like one-size-fits-all hats, but these are awesome. I wear it every single day. Yeah, we've got dad hats and snapbacks. They're too cool. They are pretty sick. Seven, John Elway. Eight, sports moment that still makes me cry. John Elway saying this one's for Pat. Yep. That was a good one. Nine, hot take. The Replacements is the most underrated football movie of all time. I love The Replacements. Uh-oh. Never seen it. <laughs> Zach, Zach, Zach. That's a good one. Okay. You okay. got to see that one. Okay. I'll watch it. Ten, are you guys going to watch any XFL games? I can't wait to see some future NFL players. Here's how it'll work for me. I'm sitting at home doing absolutely nothing. Just got something on the TV, probably like Food Channel or something else. I'm looking on Twitter and someone tweets, oh my God, what a catch. Or look at this play that just happened. Or wow, this is controversial. Then I flip over and watch it and there's a chance I could end up watching the rest of the game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm not diving in right away, but I can be warmed up to it. Yep. Uh, Is that it? And then he says, thank you. I can't wait to see Mace's what-if stories this offseason. Keep up the awesome work. Thanks for rolling with us, RC. We love you. Next one coming in from Jenna T. Jenna T. (laughs) Zach, your QB takes are killing me. Brady is the GOAT. Yep. Rodgers is overrated, as you saw last night. You're a Simeon sympathizer. Yep. Come on, man. Those all seem pretty good to me. I stand by all of them. Just he's winning by getting you with the Rodgers overrated thing. Hey, you know, Aaron Rodgers 0-3 in his last conference championship games. And you're like, well, he's made the conference championship game. Yeah, this is over the past 10 years. If he's a, if he's an all-time great, he should absolutely be doing that. Oh, and by the way, in the past two, he's got beat by an average of 20 points per game. You would have hated John Elway. <laughs> um, uh, Let me just ask you this. How many... Average quarterbacks have ever made four NFC championship games. 
Um, I gotta do my research, <laughs> but man, what what was? Didn't Mace have an argument something about this? Probably Mace has an argument as a as a fact for everything. <laughs> All I'm saying is, there's a lot of talk today about Rogers Super Bowl window being over, and man, if he ends his career being bad in the playoffs, especially deep in the playoffs, and only one Super Bowl, whew, I think a lot of people will be joining my side. Maybe. Maybe. Um, overrated is a fair place to be because he is rated extremely high. So, you know, he can be very, very good and still be overrated. Right. So uh, you're in a kind of a safe place there. <laughs> um, from Swedish Bronco. The first movie I remember crying to was Armageddon. Spoiler warning. I was about nine years old and I watched it myself on a VHS. When good old Bruce calls his daughter to say goodbye, I started crying. And continued crying until the movie shut off and continued walking around the living room crying, nor knowing how to handle the sadness of him dying. Yeah, and there's that song playing. Um, I forget the, who sings it. Anyway, anyways, he goes on and says, as any males, I didn't really cry from teens until young adult. But at that moment, I got my first kid. Everything changed. Seeing Alan Curdy, the three-year-old that drowned and ended up on a beach when fleeing Syria, really hurt. Same thing with the girl who drowned when her fathers were fleeing Honduras for the U.S. Seeing kids the same age as my own getting hurt makes me feel like that could have been my son. Can't even imagine. Sorry for the wall of talk text, but the offseason is the best season. You're great. Thanks, Swedish Bronco. Yeah, we love you, Swedish Bronco. And so anyone out there that hasn't cried yet, either, what, turn 21-ish, it seems like that's kind of the breaking point, or have a kid. Mm-hmm. Yep, that, that's what you need, and then you'll be blubbering like a kid. From Tom Mercury, I cannot believe no one has challenged the idea that PB&J is a breakfast food. The only food items that could be eaten at any meal is eggs. I know that's not the question directly, but eggs can be made so many different ways and combined with so many things that it's, that, uh, it's out of place breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Um, eggs are very much in place in breakfast. Yes. I realize like there can be egg and fried rice. There can be egg on a burger. There can be egg in ramen. Um, it can be used in lots of different places, but not on its own. Yeah. I guess I don't think of egg and fried rice and think breakfast, but if I see an, uh, an egg on a burger, I do think that's a breakfast burger. Yeah, it's probably even called that on the menu. <laughs> oh, right, exactly. Um, it's got egg and bacon. Oh, I will I will say I love fried rice, and I love the egg in it, but when I see it on a menu, in fact, last night, I'm getting some Chinese, saw the egg and the fried rice, and I'm just like, it throws me off. And I don't, I'm not a person that loves eggs, but I don't hate them either. But I just, I don't like seeing eggs and things that aren't breakfast. Yeah, I'm actually not a fan of eggs. Um, I tolerate them in other things. Like like a breakfast burrito. Or a breakfast sandwich. Or where it doesn't have to be the star of the show. So what's a it, breakfast sandwich? A breakfast sandwich is a sandwich with eggs and bacon on it. Or other things. Sausage. On a croissant? Even better. Oof. So good. Mm, PB&J on a croissant. Never had it. Oh, really it's good. like you can get, uh, oh, what's it called? Where they inject a chocolate croissant and oh, it's yeah. like injected in. What if it's PB&J injected in? Now we're talking. That sounds great. <laughs> uh, this was, the last part was a question for Mace, so you'll have to save that for tomorrow. 
from Ohio Bronco 70. What's up, boys? The off-season pods are great, but here's a hot take. Strawberry Pop-Tarts are severely overrated. I agree. That's not a hot take at all. Anyone put me on blast for this, but I'm standing by it. Anyway, here's my question. What are your thoughts on Rashard Higgins from Cleveland? As a free agent this year, he's shown when he's fed the ball, he can be dangerous. Last year, he was a monster with a rookie baker. But this year, he seemed to have some issues. I feel a change of scenery could get him on the right track. Also, what? Well, let's start there. Who? I'm not against Rashard Higgins, but... Hollywood, baby. Would you compare... Like, is he... How much better is he than Deshaun Hamilton? He... I think his ceiling for electricity is a little bit higher, um, but his floor is probably very similar. Okay. Yeah. If he's out there, you can get him at a good price. Um... I'm interested. I love him if you're bringing him in as kind of the third receiver that you're bringing in this offseason. Right. If he's the second guy you bring in, but you get a guy at 15, okay, I feel good about it. Um, but th- this is a guy, his career best year was Baker's rookie year. He had 572 yards. He's flat. I mean, he has the flashy plays occasionally. Uh, but last year, had four catches for 55 yards the entire season. He played 16 games? A 10. Okay. Yeah, that's not that's not good. But he is behind <laughs> yeah. OBJ, Jarvis Landry. That's true. Is there someone else? I think there's yeah, someone else. I'm trying to remember who Oh, Antonio Callaway. Yep. Um, you know, he's in a tough room. So this is a guy that if you bring in very back end of the roster. Yep. All right, before we move on, shout out to Green Mountain Dental. They are giving a free Sonicare right now when you schedule a cleaning, x ray, and exam. All you gotta do is take care of your teeth. And GMDG will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. Check them out online or call 303-988-0711. Green Mountain Dental. Damn good dental stuff. Next one coming in from Count Locula. Dear DNVR Broncos family, can we all agree on a few things? One, it's okay to be a man and cry. Whenever you are moved to tears, just let them roll and don't be ashamed. This means you've dropped all the stupid conversations our society has placed on us, or conventions our society has placed on us. I cry during almost every Broncos game. No lie. Wow. I love to hear that. Secondly, stop apologizing. It is a positive thing to be moved to emotion. It is. And I, I love being pa- that passionate about things. Yes. Secondly, stop apologizing for long comments. Either don't write them that long or do and own it. From here on, you are all absolved. C, if you think it's a sando, it's a sando. Four, let's all learn to dance the Dove Valley two-step. Love the count. I think we can agree on all these things. Or just don't leave long comments. (laughs) Maybe that's it. From Vilka Dan. Hey guys, I was thinking about last year's Vic in a Box thread and was wondering, do you know anything about how Shermer is perceived as a sideline manager when he was a head coach? Timeouts, challenges, clock management, etc. When he was an OC, did he call plays from the sideline or from the box? You know, I hadn't thought about this, but I just remembered he did a couple things that were very analytics-driven. Um, oh God, I'm trying to remember. It was the first one that caught a lot of attention was he went for two at a time that conventionally you would have never gone for it. And then the next day he defi- he defended it by saying, like, actually, if you go for two there and then you score again and go for two, like, that does- it was like this whole thing. And everyone was like, wow, like Pat Shermer's mm. analytics guy. Mm. So I like that. He, um, I do know that, that he did use some analytics clock management. I think he also was one to say, like, if you're down 10 
and you're driving, kick the field goal as fast as you can. Good points. It's going to be interesting if Vic listens to him or that sways Vic enough because one thing that we heard about Vic and that was true was when he was in San Francisco, um, oh my gosh, why is the coach's name? Harbaugh mm-hmm. gave him a lot of responsibility for game management during in, during games. And so we thought that was going to be a strength, especially coming off Vance Joseph. And we did see that he struggled with that a few times this year. So maybe another veteran guy that instead of Vic having to – uh, probably spend more attention on the offense than he wanted. Now, not as he not only giving that, not having to give that attention to the offense, but Pat Shermer can help him with that stuff. That would be huge. Yep. Next one's from Crash. Says he's moving on from his old name. Good timing. <laughs> you guys said that you may plan the DNVR Open for when I'm in Denver. It will be the weekend of August 9th. It would be awesome to play in it. I'm terrible at golf, but enjoy playing. I know you may have to plan it for a different time. Uh, for other reasons and understand go Broncos all right we'll keep that in mind we will put it uh, in the old file Lone Star Bronco hey guys maybe the Super Bowl hangover will hit the Chiefs hard I want Chris Jones to be a Bronco so bad how old is Andy Reid maybe he will retire soon I don't know I'm grasping nope he's gonna ride the Patrick Mahomes train as long as he can wouldn't he retire when Mahomes retires be smart I mean if he can if he can make it that long why would you not? <clears throat> yep. You know, this next this game is going to be really important. If Mahomes wins it, people are going to be saying that the Chiefs are going to win like five Super Bowls or something crazy. Yep. If they lose it, then the whole like Mahomes can't win in the Super Bowl narrative has like is born. Right. Yep. Very important stuff here. <sighs> Should the Broncos Well, of course the Broncos want the Chiefs to lose in the Super Bowl, like Broncos fans. Should they want them to win it? And the reason is then all the players that hit the open market will be coveted even more. And then they won't be able to keep all of these guys. Where if they lose, yes, you know, Chris Jones is still going to be coveted. But how valuable would Malik Jackson be if when when he hit the open market after the Broncos won the Super Bowl, let's say they lose the Super Bowl, and he didn't have the fumble recovery for the touchdown in the Super Bowl. He didn't have a big game. He looked average, and, you know, the Panthers beat the Broncos. Uh, they put up a 30-burger on that defense. Would that have hurt his stock so much that he stayed with the Broncos and, and maybe similar with Chris Jones and other Kansas City free agents? It's a, it's an okay thought. I'll just say that I think just once okay, you make huh? the Super Bowl, it doesn't change. <laughs> right. Um, you know, the, the case would have been like, do you want them to make the Super Bowl or lose in the championship game? Once you've made the Super Bowl, you get all the media attention. Every single play of every single game is dissected and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a, I guess, a report out there. I got this tweeted at me yesterday that, um, that the Chiefs are going to tag Chris Jones if they can. I just, I think eventually they're going to run out of money. And don't forget that Patrick Mahomes is eligible this year to be extended and you don't mess around with that you extend him if you're the chiefs you know how much money jared goff has against the cap next year oh my goodness we're saying that in this high 30s 36 million talk about crippling you know what's scary though what i can see patrick mahomes doing the the discount for winning thing in terms of not taking the contract until a couple of years down the line or taking it now and it's the Tom Brady sort of deal? Both. Oh, man. 
because he knows he's going to be so good for so long. Yeah. And he wants to win. I can really see it. Now, the, there have been very few people that have ever done it, but I can I can see it. And that would be – that would spell disaster for the Broncos. And, oh, man, this is a reason why if you're John Elway, once you know or knew Drew Locke was the guy, give him all the love in the world. Show him that you love him so that by the, by the slim chance, Ryan, just like you said, Tom Brady's the only guy that's done this as a quarterback and taken less to help the team out. But you make it known how much you love him from the start so that he doesn't say, I need to be known how much you love me by the money, and I'm going to make you show how much you love me. He's probably going to do that regardless. But this helps you out just a little bit, doesn't it? At what cost? I don't think there's any cost. Because no cost. I think what Vic Fangio said about quarterbacks, about players, if if you were if let's say John Elway said that Drew Locke was the guy and named him the guy this year, if Drew Locke goes out and spends six months on the beach this offseason because he knows he's the guy, uh, I don't think that was going to change, regardless of if, Drew, if John Elway told him he was the guy or not. He is who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no cost of, of showing love in any facet of life, and everyone should remember that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't think uh, – like, okay, so they're going to – tag chris jones they're gonna lose other people i don't know maybe chris jones is the one that they try to keep around but then the tag i guess would make sense because they can hold on to him until before they have to pay mahomes right but yeah i don't know like maybe mahomes plays for 20 million a year right now i'm trying to see how much salary cap the chiefs have they have going into next year they have 21 million dollars in cap space the tag would cost them the entire cap. So they can say, yep, if, if they want Chris Jones, <clears throat> they can make it happen. They'll just have to you know, cut a, a few players to open up other spots for the rookie class that they're bringing in, and they won't be able to sign anyone else. So they can do it if they want. If they want to keep them away from the Broncos. Wow. 20, that's a terrible place to be. 20 million, you got a, quite a few guys coming off, uh, going into free agency. So that's even including like those contracts are expiring. That's not even they're not even gonna like free up space, right? By Sammy Watkins coming off the books or anything like that. Yep. Or no, Sammy Watkins. I think people have talked about as a cap casualty because they have so few. Right. He's actually their second highest cap hit next year. Twenty one million dollars against the cap. Insane for a receiver like so him. So how much can they free up by cutting him? Fourteen. Okay. So, so there's even 35. then, you're, that's your now your now you can sign your rookie class. Yep, you get, Chris you get Chris Jones, rookie class, and maybe like a guard, a Zach starting Kirk. guard. Right, <laughs> exactly. All right, from metal, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to be safe and go with metal G. Metal G. <laughs> Greetings, gang. Started listening to the podcast towards the end of the season. I absolutely fell in love with it and the supportive community of listeners. So I became a subscriber this weekend. We got him. Love it. I am yet another displaced Broncos fans. I grew up in northern Wisconsin, and I'm now living in northern Minnesota. I hope you have a jacket. My whole family are diehard Packers fans, but the Packers were never my team. I remember being at a friend's house in 96, and there happened to be a football game on, and it was the Broncos. I don't remember who they were playing, but I remember watching them and just falling in love. John Elway, Rod Smith, Ed McCaffrey, Shannon Sharp, Steve Atwater, and Bill Romanowski. I've been hooked ever since. I have been wondering... With our need to upgrade in the backfield, do you guys see us making a move for Austin Eckler this offseason? Would that move make sense, or is his style too similar to Philip Lindsay's? 
Wasn't he the same class as Phil? Or was he a year before? Year before. Year before. Okay. Um, so then, yeah, he would be that boy. I don't think there's no way the Chargers let him go, right? Unless they just say, like, we don't pay running backs around here. Whew. Um, I mean, I can't say no to an Austin Eckler player. He's so good. I just don't think it's the way the Broncos will go. I just, I'm totally fine with it. Most of the running in this system is done on the outside. Um, speed is great. He has a fantastic hands. Uh, the interesting thing would be like, how do you split up the carry? I, it would. I'm fine with it. Like I said, my my take of the decade, this decade, I believe, is the decade that the power back goes away. Mm, so they should keep him over Melvin Gordon. And don't tell me about Derrick Henry. There's only one of him. So he's okay. But yeah, he'll else. be around. But yeah. I'm saying like people are gonna stop valuing like, oh, this guy's a big bruiser. Right. Yeah. I can see it. Next one coming in from J.J. Johnston the second. Seems like we ought to be calling Pat Shermer the quarterback murmurer. Good. <laughs> from Chilongo Bronco. Hey, guys. So you know it's the offseason when blood is referred to as food. Also, tamales here in Mexico can be eaten for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's just a cultural thing, as I don't imagine eating a PB&J sandwich every meal. Broncos related, would you like a good veteran leader wide receiver that the young offense can carry around? Thinking of Larry Fitz or DT, much love. Well, Larry Fitz enjoyed Kyler Murray so much that he's staying there. So Larry Fitz is off the table. You got to love that. The idea of bringing Larry Fitz in? No, of Larry Fitz staying with your Cardinals. Oh, yeah, of course. Although I'd prefer him to be in Denver because <laughs> he's awesome. Uh, DT? I don't hate it. It's going to mm. have to be real cheap. It would, ha- I mean, it'd have to be cheap. I just think you've already washed your hands. Bring him in for that day when he signs that one-day contract. Fair enough. I say for like two million or like veteran minimum. I think it'd be four for him or something. He's not a starter though. Right. He's just a fifth guy. He's just there. Man, that's what he's doing now. So maybe he has a little bigger of a role this past year. But if he wants, if he wants that, I guess I'd be open. And now, no, you've done it. You've done it. You moved on from him. Fair Stay enough. like that. Boucher all day. Holy. It's been a while since I've commented. But when I thought you guys were, but I thought you guys were running a 24-7 podcast at one point with all the content. <laughs> I thought I'd never catch up to be able to make a relevant comment. I tried The Bachelor, and I have to say it's like drinking beer for the first time. You wonder how people do this every day, but then it gets better as you go. <laughs> the only thing I have to say is I'm happy for Sanders in the Super Bowl, but man, our third and fifth round picks are basically a fourth and a sixth now. That's a good point. Why? Uh, the in the trade for Sanders. Oh, because yeah. they are the the last. Oh, yeah, really be the last two picks. Yeah, that that's a that's a really good pick. And wild how Sanders went from what was it two and five Broncos team. Yep. Played in seventeen games this year in the regular season. Now he's on his way to the Super Bowl. Not bad. John Elway hooked him up there. Next one's a long one coming in from Edinbot. Hey guys, long time listener, fourth time commenter. <laughs> one. Thank the good Lord. I'm thrilled to hear you guys saying that eggs are breakfast food. Wow. I've argued with my wife and others for, for years that the moral downfall of America comes from the slippery slope of today's generation eating eggs whenever they please. <laughs> this, there is a time and place for all things, and eggs are for the first meal. When you start teaching your kids that they can eat eggs for whatever meal they want, whenever they want, their moral compass will be lost, and it's hard to regain and the free fall from the type of directionless thinking. Keep spreading the good word, gents. Wow. That is crazy. Because in America, I think everyone thinks they're breakfast food. 
Like some people, I think, also think they could be lunch and dinner food. No one is just like making eggs and bacon for dinner and just being like classic dinner here. Right. And not saying we're having breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's something else. I like to hear that. One of my fave convos to have with people is to rank their top five TV series of all time. Breaking Bad gets into most people's lists, but you must save space for classics like Dexter or Sopranos that were groundbreaking for their time. Regardless, I think I consistently rank True Detectives season one in my top five all-time series. For anyone that hasn't seen it yet, cough, cough, Zach, you have to listen. Also, be like me. Take everyone's advice and don't even try to watch season two, although season three is okay. Any hot takes for the top five all-time series? I imagine Mace will include The Simpsons, which is fair. He'd probably include Simpsons and uh, Seinfeld. Yes. And I haven't seen Breaking Bad. I haven't seen Dexter, and I haven't seen The Sopranos. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't include any of these mentioned so far. Uh, True Detective Season 1 would definitely be in mine, and Entourage would definitely be in mine, because that was my first love as a TV show. Uh, didn't see that either. Oh, my God, Zach. Here's the thing. All, all, I've, all I did growing up was watch sports. Me too. <laughs> yep, it, it, took, it wasn't until high school mm. that I started watching Entourage, and understood the people's love for TV series. Um, but it, it's similar to a podcast in the sense that like you build a relationship with the people on it because there's so many episodes. Yeah, it's true. So those are the two that jump out in my mind. Uh, I'm not as high on The Office as others. Um, not that I don't think it's bad. I just no, I wouldn't like put Scott it in my top five. What? No, I think it's good. It's a good, <laughs> funny show. Uh, I think that Michael... Sk- Jim's the best character, in my opinion. Yeah, Jim's great. <laughs> um, what else here? What have I watched that I just truly loved? Friends? It's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gets the job done. <laughs> uh, Parks and Rec comes in for me. These, I'm not trying to say these are like the best series of all time. They're just my favorites. Right, right. And that's what we have. I mean, I think Chuck's the best series of all time, and I don't expect anyone else to like agree with it necessarily. Well, you, you think it's the best of all time, or it's just your favorite of all time? Well, it's my it's my favorite. Right. Yeah. Like and, just, I, and I don't it hits expect you it in the to, right way. Exactly. I don't expect it to be ranked as the best. Yep. Four, what's your confidence level that Elway will spend 70 plus million dollars of our $80 million cap space? He always saves five million, so for the in season needs. For some reason, I'm a little worried he'll go cheap and save cap for next year, but perhaps the ownership issue will force Ellis and Elway to swing for the fences to push the court noise to the background. I can't imagine John Elway ever not swinging for the fences. And that's actually something that I'm going to look into is would it be wise? to save some of this money for next year, whether it's your own guys that are up, whether it's uh, free agents next year. Uh, but no, John's not going to save money. I mean, he, he has consistently the past few years rolled over $10 million. Yeah. And I could absolutely see that again, but he's not going to spend $40 million and save 40 No, I don't think so either. Unless they aren't able to find guys that they, sign guys that they want. Yep. Bronco Matt. Hey, guys, something very important are breakfast, lunch, and Oh, beans are a breakfast, lunch, and dinner meal. I never knew this until I was in the Netherlands last May. They serve beans for all three meals. Also, nothing quite like walking the streets of Amsterdam after a long night of listening to DNVR. Mm, That sounds great. What kind of beans are we talking about? I I can agree with Bronco, Matt. I I will eat beans for any meal, but it's not something that people do. You would have just beans in a bowl for breakfast? 
Give me baked beans, absolutely. That's no. <laughs> Not that it's... So, like, I'm I'm all for beans in a breakfast burrito. Okay. Some refried beans. Mm-hmm. Even black beans I'd be okay with. Yep. Um, huevos rancheros. Got to have some beans in there. Yep. But... Just I don't think beans. I'd, I don't think I'd pour myself a bowl of beans. You're like, <laughs> just want some egg, bacon, and beans. Oh yeah, if there's other things, definitely. I just don't know if I'd sit down on my own and just have a bowl of beans. Like I pull out a cereal and the milk, <laughs> right. start pouring that in, and you're just like, can of beans. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't do that, but I'm telling you, I have had like leftover refried or baked beans in the morning. Fair enough. Um. He goes on, lastly, this Empower Retirement tweet is embarrassing. <laughs> Twitter world seems to be just as outraged as I am. How long? How low can Broncos leadership take us? We have all these crappy seasons, and to top it off, our new stadium sponsor is a Chiefs fan. I hope Empower makes some form of public apology. Keep up the great work. I've been loving these long pods. Faithfully listen to the entire pod daily. So, Ryan, give us a rundown. What is this Empower tweet? Empower who is the new stadium sponsor for the Broncos, tweeted out, congrats to the Chiefs for their Super Bowl berth. So happy for them and all of their fans. Hashtag sponsor, partner, something or other, Super Bowl. Here's the thing. (laughs) Drink. If you're Pepsi and you sponsor Pepsi Center and you also sponsor something with another team and you want to congratulate them that's fine you're pepsi if you are another if you're mercedes and you are the stadium sponsor for the falcons and you're also the stadium sponsor for the saints i get that but (laughs) if you're in power and you're saying we are a colorado-based company and we want to be a part of the broncos organization and you want to play that card and you want to get that little business bump you get for being a local company who's supporting a local team, you don't get to do this. <laughs> I'm sorry. You lost You lost it. You lost all of the local bump that you get. And I believe in the local bump. I love supporting businesses that are based in Colorado. They just you, – you lost – you don't have that anymore. It's gone. Can't be ever gone back. Why are they doing this in the first place? Because they, at least when they were introduced as the uh, the naming rights partner with the Broncos, they embraced everything about being a Colorado company. Why are they with the Chiefs? Is that just a partnership that they had probably for a lot less money going back with the Chiefs for years now? I don't know. And they're also partnered with the Patriots. Those are the three teams. Um, and they have the Chiefs colors and the Patriots logo. Yep, they sure do. <laughs> I just I don't understand it. I'm fine with you being partnered with other teams. You know what? If you had this deal with the Chiefs, it's a good deal for you. You want to stick with it. Patriots, same thing. Lay low. <laughs> yeah. Just Embrace lay low. This. Embrace yes. this team now. Yes. Yeah. This is the team you're paying the most money. This is the fan base who has to hear your name every day. Be smarter than this. And I think that, like, I understand why people are like, this is such a stupid thing to be outraged about. And then they pull up the Mercedes thing and they pull up all these. It's different. You're trying to pull the we're a Colorado company. We're on the stadium. Support us thing. A Colorado company does not cheer for the Chiefs. It doesn't work that way. No. So. 
Yeah, I got, That's I got a big no L. defense. No defense. It's a big L on their part. <laughs> Next one coming in from negative false positive. I like Locke. I'm not optimistic that he will be better than good. Maybe even great. But he ain't Mahomes and will never be. What should the Broncos do to make up the difference? Keeping Vaughn and Chubb together and finding their better interior pressure is a start. What else should they do? First of all, just because he's not Mahomes doesn't really mean anything. No one else has Mahomes. Yeah. Maybe you could say Lamar Jackson. No. Okay. You can't say Lamar Jackson. You can't. <laughs> um, Lamar Jackson is, is a really, really good quarterback, but he's not, he's not Mahomes. Um, but you're right. It, it, you do have to do other things to win the Super Bowl. Like the, the Chiefs, well, even the Chiefs, they had to get, get a new defensive coordinator. They had to change up their entire scheme to get to the Super Bowl. Mahomes couldn't get him there on his own. Um, so for the Broncos, one, they need to protect Drew Locke and give him lots of weapons. To me, that's item number one, because I believe that Vic Fangio is going to keep this defense good enough the entire time that he's the coach. Um, so for me, set up Drew Locke for success by protecting him and giving him a lot of places to throw the ball. You, need, you don't need an offense that can go head-to-head -head with the Chiefs. You need an offense that can score more points than the Chiefs when playing your good defense. So you are among the mindset of keep the defense great and slow Patrick Mahomes down and have an offense that's good enough. Yes, you got to have a defense that can stymie them a little bit. And, I mean, as we saw yesterday, the Titans have a really good defense. Once they hit their stride, you're in big, big trouble. Yeah. And what did they put up? What did the Chiefs put up? 35. Uh. Crazy thing is it felt like Mahomes had like the most incredible game. He didn't even throw for 300 yards. Yep. Yeah. And zero points in the first quarter? Yeah. Or did they score right before the end of the first? I can't. Uh, I can't remember. They had, I think they scored in the second. They had 21 or 24 by halftime. Yeah. This is a team where it would be great to outscore them that you may be looking at the 2013 Broncos as maybe the only team that can do that. But you know what the turning point in that game was? Is the Chiefs... So the Titans went on a nine-minute touchdown drive. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. And it gave them a, a, a solid lead. Was it 10-0? Yep. yep. Things felt great. Then the Chiefs came back. They went on a four-or-less-minute touchdown drive. They bang, 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 touchdown. The game did not change there. The game changed when then the Titans came out and went three and out. That's when I knew they were buried. <laughs> yep. They were in big, big trouble at that point. And that's what I mean about the offense. You cannot do that. You cannot let them hit that stride and then give them the ball right back. It's like they never even came off the field. Right. All they did was go back, talk about how great that was. Now they're back out there. They're doing it again. Yep. So you you got to have a defense, but you got to also know that that defense is not going to be enough. The the offense has to be able to hold on to the ball. I mean, we're they're showing highlights right now on the TV, and I mean the Chiefs had 21 points in the second quarter. They can do that at any single time. And that's the offense's fault. The opposing offense. Yes. Yep. yep. Can't give them the ball that that many times. No, you can't. And that's why San Francisco has a chance because they have a chance. To put to, to nine, nine together drive, nine play or nine minute drives. I will say this: I didn't want the Chiefs to be here. This is going to be an 
offensive – just the watching the plays that they can come up with over the next two weeks to try and hurt the other defense, I mean, it's going to – hopefully. I I must admit there is a little bit of me that thinks that – I've been waiting for the, the 49ers to come back to earth because of Jimmy G this whole season, and it's never happened. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a little bit worried that he goes out and has a terrible game and they get crushed. Man, Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid giving him two weeks to prepare. The plays are going to be incredible. Oh, by the way, um, the Chiefs ran Chris Harris's favorite play yesterday. <laughs> Almost a touchdown. I saw I saw it happening. I literally saw the the linebacker started drifting over to just try and cover the, the uh, drag route, and then he split it off. And <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it's going to be a touchdown. <laughs> it was close. All right, from mile high, 808. Well, guys, with the Chiefs making it to the dance – it is a sign that the end is near. So with that being said, Moe's quesadillas and Taco Del Mar wet burritos are better than Chipotle. Never heard of either of those places. A wet burrito, huh? It's just, you know, oh, smothered. Yeah, okay. Um, but they might be better than Chipotle, but not better than Legal Pete's. Yes. Also, Zach, you said sake and tamale, but not Chipotle? Yeah, no. What, what would I say? Sake, if I'm going Chipotle? Yeah. Chipotle. And tamale. Tamale. Okay, I need to change my lingo, I guess. <laughs> if you can't find it, Show Chico by Nagori and Momokawa Pearl Sake is probably my favorite. Go Broncos. And let's all be 40 now Niners. Yeah, I guess just 49er fans now. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah, I think we're all pulling for that bandwagon or that train right now. Next one coming in from Project Pat 801. Hey, guys, not a Bachelor guy, but this last season my wife got sucked into American Idol. Therefore, I, too, subsequently got sucked into it, and it was not horrible. So I can say I could probably get sucked into The Bachelor. That's how it always happens. I would probably say The Bachelor is more entertaining. Yes. But I would love talking EPL every time RK and Z-Man. I am Manchester United man myself. And as hard as it is to admit, this is I look like the ownership of Man City and am envious. Hashtag Glazers out. Also, The Witcher on Netflix is amazing and the books are awesome. Absolutely worth checking out. Love the pod and I'm so freaking excited for free agency and the combine and draft. I absolutely love the NFL offseason when Denver has their quarterback and the money to spend. Thanks for all you guys do and stay well. So I've never truly had an EPL team. Um, I've dabbled. I had a roommate who was a Sunderland fan and I just kind of went along with him. Um, They're very not good. So I have never, it, it made it harder for me to get into it. But I, I decided that if the Broncos get a London game, I'm going to make, make it a bit mm. for me to find my EPL team before we get there. So, I, you know, when, once we get there, I can get some gear and all that good stuff. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, we'll have to do that. And, I mean, they will be going to London. So it's a matter of when. That sort of announcement should be coming out this week. Yeah. So keep an eye out. For Miller Lite 602, first of all, that tarantula segment almost made me want to vomit on my way to work the other day. LOL, never typing that even if I was paid to – no, never trying that even if I was paid to do it. Who you guys got in the Super Bowl? I know Mace probably has the Chiefs since I was his pick from the beginning. Have a great Monday, dudes. No, Mace's pick was the pack. Yep, Mace's was the pack. So all of our picks are dead. So I get even a though start now. I, I always was afraid of the Chiefs. I was just never going to say that out loud. Who did you – you picked the 49ers in Baltimore, and you had Baltimore winning? Oh, I think I had the Niners winning. 
Let's hope it was Baltimore. I probably had Baltimore winning. I, I don't look, trust Jimmy G. I can G. look right now. All right, look it up. Uh, while you do that, I'll look this up. From Richard Fitzwell. Close. Almost got us. <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair game. Uh, all this food talk makes me hungry. Have you ever had Chinese soup? Of course. My favorites are hot and sour, egg drop, and the cream. I... Mm-mm. No, not going there. Um, <laughs> I know you're just trying to mess with us. What's your favorite uh, Chinese soup? Man, I I haven't had a bad one. I like egg drop, which is weird because I don't like <laughs> eggs. Uh, I'll go. I'll go hot and sour. Hot and sour is really good too. It's a, for some reason, I never feel like I'm eating soup. I feel like I'm eating sauce. <laughs> yes, it does feel like that. Ryan, you picked the Ravens. I'm sorry. Yeah, I figured. I'm sorry. Because I don't trust Jimmy G. But I did. At least I'm the one of us that. No, me and Mace both got one team in. Ah, now you're ganging up on me now. Yep. <laughs> Your team's um made it to the divisional round. <laughs> they, made, they made it. Congrats. They made the dance. And I think last one coming in from Swedish Bronco. Or maybe I got nope. a little mixed up. You missed one. But I'll get this one. Then you can get that one. Perfect. Jake Chris. Couple days behind on the pod, but I had to drop a comment. You guys are completely off the deep end with this wide receiver two talk. Doubling up on a luxury like that is ridiculous. The line has a giant gaping hole at left tackle. I'm not opposed to a wide receiver in the second or third, but kicking the can down the road for old line is insanity. Doing the same thing and expecting a different result. It's not actually the definition of insanity. The Browns are a great example of neglecting the O-line in favor of weapons. We know how that turned out. Love the pod, you guys, but sometimes the echo chamber is real. We've already said that we that the Broncos are going with bowls. That's why, that's why we're talking about this. So... I'm not I'm not saying the Broncos shouldn't go O-line in the first. I just really don't think it's going to happen. Someone, maybe it was even Jake, reached out to me on Twitter this weekend and said the same thing. They said, you're crazy for putting O-line lower than wide receiver. And my response was, I think just the talent that's going to be available at 15, uh, also mixed with, I, I don't want to take Biotish at, at 15. So Hell no. I'm thinking offensive tackle compared to wide receiver. I think the talent gap is going to be huge. Mm -hmm. I think the wide receiver that's available is going to be elite. Love I that. think the offensive tackle that's available is not going to be elite. And so I responded and said, if the talent is equal, let's say Werfs or an elite tackle falls to 15, I'm picking the tackle. I don't think that's how it's going to work out. That's why I'm going wide receiver. Agree on all counts. And uh, that's why I think, Ryan, we maybe just found the perfect situation. Trade a second rounder. For Trent Williams, draft yeah. that wide receiver in the first. Woo! I'm so in on that. Yeah. So in on that. I love it. I love that. And if you can get an elite player at 15, you lucked out. And you really could with a wide receiver in this first round. Agreed. Last one coming in from Swedish Bronco. Probably too late, but I feel like I have to share with someone. Just a few hours ago, we got the information that my mother-in-law got cancer in the stomach. Still no clue what phase or anything, but probably operation within a week. Family is in shock and hard for us to handle this. She isn't even 60 years old. Sorry for posting unrelated, but I don't know what else to do. That's what we're here for, man. And uh, we're definitely going to be thinking of your family. Um Hope for the best possible, you know, diagnosis beyond this already terrible news. So uh, we'll, we'll be thinking of you, and I know that the whole community has your back, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll try and use our thoughts to help her as much as we can. Absolutely, yeah. And and this is like we said earlier, a safe place to to share this stuff. So thank you for trusting us with it, and we're thinking of you and your family uh, and your mother-in-law, especially within this next week. Absolutely. 
Well, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us on today's podcast. Remember, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, it's going to be all Andre and Mace coming to you from the Senior Bowl. You do not want to miss this. Um, those guys are going to be locked in on everything there. You're going to find out about prospects you didn't know about. You're going to find things out about prospects you did know about that you that make you like them more. Prospects you aren't going to like as much. Um, I'll be. I know I'll be tuning in because I'm a little bummed that we're not down there ourselves to see it. But I trust those guys' eyes, and I think it's going to be a really interesting pod. So uh, a little, probably a little bit of a different vibe. But be prepared for a lot of information coming your way in the next few days. And make sure you subscribe if you haven't so you can read all of their coverage from out there. And like I said, this is when we fell in love and realized Drew Locke was the dude. So huge things coming this week. Exactly. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Thanks for the new iTunes reviews. I saw them and I loved them. Uh, We appreciate you guys and we'll talk to you later this week. the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials.